Hello and welcome to episode 72 of the Round Nintendo Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Jose. And this is the first of our two special E3 episodes. This episode is E3 2014, Let's Get Digital, as we'll be talking about Nintendo's digital event and the entire first-party Wii U lineup that has been announced over this past week of E3. Now, uh, normal listeners of the show, or long-time listeners of the show, may know that in the past couple years when we do E3, we usually do like one the day of Nintendo's big press events and then another on our usual weekend. This time, though, Nintendo basically didn't give us a break in order to do a normal episode. They had News Tuesday morning, they had News Tuesday afternoon, they had News Tuesday night, they had News Wednesday night, they had News Thursday afternoon in the Treehouse Live. There was no chance, really, for us to sit down and go, okay, we're going to talk about this. So, we decided to wait till the end. So, we're doing things a little differently this year. Like I said, this is the first of two E3 episodes. This one's going up on, uh, I guess, Friday the... Oh, how, how lucky is it? Friday the 13th. Yes, so you will be listening to this on a very unlucky day if you listen on launch day. And then 48 hours later, on the 15th, Sunday, we're going to have part two. So this episode, like I said, digital event, Wii U games. We have a full breakdown at RamTown.com for the blog post for this episode where you can see which games we talk about in what order, jump to the segments that interest you about which game, or just listen to the whole thing. And then Sunday, we'll talk 3DS, we'll talk E3 overall, third-party news, interviews, all the other stuff. Plus, we'll have Smash Bros., hands-on impressions on Sunday. So this is definitely a double whammy you want to listen to. Um, so with that said, I guess we should get started and just jump right in with the digital event. That was the big thing Nintendo did this week. Or, well, the big onslaught. They did a lot of things this week. Um, you got to experience it in full blurry vision. Yes, that is true. We were in line for the Smash Super Smash Bros. Invitational at the Nokia Theater here in L.A. on the day... Wow, I sound like I'm doing a pitch for it. At the Nokia Theater in Los Angeles, Cal- in sunny downtown Los Angeles, California. Yeah, kind of cloudy that day. It was it, well, it got really warm and sunny in the afternoon, but that's beside the point. Uh, yeah, and we were with like a thousand plus other Nintendo fans. Everyone huddled around phones that could barely stream it. It's fuzzy. It was like looking at it through like w- underwater or something. I don't know, but it was still really exciting. Everyone was cheering and whooping and hollering. Uh, so yeah, the digital event itself, I actually thought was really well done this year. They they really embraced the fact that it's digital, so they kept some fun with it. They did the uh, Dead Robot Chicken involved, which I know you're a big fan of, Jose. Yeah, that that was amazing. Yeah, that and it was well written too. It wasn't like Nintendo like restrict restricted them. They made fun of Nintendo. They made fun of fans. Like it was. Yeah, like every jab gets about like, like oh, where's um Mother Three? Where's Star Fox? Where's yeah. Mario? Yeah, or like Mario being, in, or them making even making fun of the fact that there's a game starring Mario like all the time, except <laughs> this time. But uh, yeah, I thought that was really well done. And then they had that like you know they did some other nice things like the, the different presentation styles where they had those like brief first look trailers and then the more in depth developer stories where they actually like went on location to like a yarn factory to talk about the new Yoshi or a yarn store to talk about the new Yoshi or like an aquarium to talk about. Splatoon, which stars squids. Like, just, like, it was cool how they, like, it was, like, little documentary. Yeah, I, honestly, I thought, um, when people were leaking, like, oh, it's gonna be kind of like a story, oh, like, especially coming from the Mario Kart 8 Direct, oh, yeah, I thought yeah. it was gonna be, like, on that same level of kind of, like, I mean, it was so fun to work, like, 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 cringy, like, oh, God. Yeah. But, um, I don't know, it was, it definitely wasn't, like, any bit, anything that was meant to be comedic was just robot chicken skits, so... Yeah, and then the rest was... Yeah, I agree. And the rest was just, like, good, solid information. Yeah, I mean, the only other goofy thing was just, like, the Reggie and Iwata fighting. That was, like, the most insane... I mean, quite frankly, that was, A, insanely stupid, and, B, insanely awesome. It was just, like, the perfect mix of ridiculous and cool. In the sense that, like, I'm... It's nice seeing Nintendo fully embrace the jokes. Everyone's like, oh, Reggie and Iwata should be in Smash Bros. Well, here you go. They're sort of in Smash Bros. So that, yeah, that might have been my favorite moment. Because it also had a lot of special effects. Like, that was not an easy thing to shoot. They had to get stunt doubles. They did CG. Like, that was, you know, that was a complicated little piece. 
And that, of course, was for the game that everyone's been talking about all E3, which is Super Smash Brothers. I can't Brothers. see any other like company pull that off with no. their like, CEO. No, I can't see Phil like... Spencer of Microsoft <laughs> doing a uh, direct-to-you hand gesture that turns into a headbutt. Not, never going to happen. <laughs> yeah, there was some Street Fighter thrown in there with um, the E-Honda, like, torpedo flying thing that oh yeah yeah, yeah. speaking game. of street fire capcom this is totally unrelated to anything i just read that capcom is sponsoring a concert called a, like a tour drake versus lil wayne they're going on tour together but the whole thing is themed like a street fighter match like the logo looks like street fire uh -huh. lo literally capcom's a sponsor it uh the font they use for the tour dates is all like the you know the menu font and everything kind of funny that's beside the point the real fine game we should be talking about is oh, it's the random and random nintendo yeah there you go and, uh, yeah, but the real fighting game we should be talking about is, of course, Super Smash Brothers for Wii U and for 3DS. We're mostly going to focus on Wii U today, much like Nintendo has done at E3. Um, I think that, you know, I think the easiest way to sum up the Smash Bros, I just digesting all the news, having these last three days to really, like, take it all in and think about it. They, there's a just a set, like, theme of each Smash Bros. Like, the original was like, oh, look, the mascots are fighting. Melee was, oh, hey, we actually made it so you can tell who the mask like it's you know graphically enhanced it's like next gen version brawl was let's throw everything in as, as much as possible everything in the kitchen sink just dump it in brawl brawl's like how much can we cram into a disc and then wii u and 3ds is which by the way they still need to come up with a better name they not they won't at this point it's too yeah, late. They already in have fact they already, <laughs> they already switched the logo it's now for 3ds and wii u because 3ds is the better selling one did you notice that all the logos they reverse 3ds and wii u it's now 3ds first wii u second this oh. video the other way around but um, what I was saying is the theme for this one that I kind of picked up on, Nintendo's an outright set, but to me, the theme is customization. Like, every Smash Bros. has had kind of a thing, and this one is customized. Everything's customized. One of the most noble forms of that customization, of course, is um, that your fighter can now be you, or, well, you're me. Uh, Nintendo kicked off their direct, or sorry, their digital event by confirming that Miis will come in three different flavors that you can play as. There's going to be a brawler who uh, he's kind of focused on close-up combat and is a bit, a bit faster. There's a sword fighter who comes equipped with a giant sword, naturally, and he was described as calm and cool, which makes me think that means he's a little slower. Because <laughs> he kind of like, you know, I'll pace myself as I fight. It's okay. And then there's uh, the gunner who randomly has a Samus or Mega Man arm cannon for no reason, and this is clearly the, like, long-distance projectile fighter of the three. So they uh, have a short range, a medium range, and a long range. Oh, it's kind of crazy. The gunner just, like, the different kind of bullet to shoot it. It's almost like the new snake, just like all the different projectiles. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, shooting like machine gun style things. Then it has like a Samus charge shot kind of thing. Yeah. And something yeah. else that kind of lobs over. I don't know. It's kind of weird. I'm pretty sure Snake's not going to be in the game because Snake has zero to do with Nintendo these days, even less so than when uh, he was in Brawl. So this is probably not the outright replacement, but they probably are borrowing some moves on purpose. Oh, yeah. I mean, not even like, I, mean, I guess not to bring this up even earlier, but, um,. Pac-Man um, has a move that's... Ah, oh, you ruined the, my the, flow the, here. <laughs> like, taken straight from Snake. Like, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, no, I, I saw that. In the, like, yeah, the... Like, his moves that just got, like, kind of, like, spread out. Yeah, it's basically like Snake has... Snake has been chopped up into little pieces, and... Yeah, I have yeah. no joke here. It's just a statement. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so... The other thing about the Miis, though, that I thought was kind of cool is... Um, well, one, they're not just like, oh, look, it's a me. I don't know if you noticed, but they're all kind of modeled after the, the Nintendo Land Miis. Like, the sword is very similar to the Link, to like a Master Sword-ish sword that they used in Nintendo Land. The arm cannon is not quite Samus's, it's not quite Mega Man's. It looks a lot like the one from the Metroid minigame in Nintendo Land. So they kind of like are no, the, falling but, the, from but, a few But things. that one was straight up 
just the arm cannon though, because they were wearing the salmon diversity. Oh, yeah. that's true. I don't know. The yeah. whole thing struck me as very Nintendo Land e, the look of them. I mean, I guess it would be like what they would wear if they were in a knockoff of Nintendo Land that didn't want to get sued. Yeah. Okay. So they're <laughs> they're uh, non Nintendo Land is what they're from, but. Uh, yeah, and it, one other thing is you can actually customize their, speaking of, you know, running with the customization thing, you customize their outfits, too. Uh, Sakurai confirmed later that day that everything from hats to clothes to, you know, accessories, your me can really look like your, there was one that looked like Abraham Lincoln. And, of course, in the direct, they had Ice-T and Elijah Wood and all these famous gamer celebrities. Ice-T yeah. pours it on. That's by far the best character intro yet. Um, so, yeah, that's all changeable. But I think most significantly about the Miis, and potentially the coolest, is... Uh, customization extends to their move set as well turns out as you know with smash bros you choose you have you know standard Which goes for everybody like yeah. everybody has yeah but, all, but yeah well yeah sorry but these are a little more fleshed out than that like for the me's oh you're right yeah the other ones are variants on the yep. moves and these yep. are actual like these are actual different moves yeah. so the me's they as as is the case in past smash bros you have four moves the standard the up the down the side uh for the me's you get to choose between 12 different options for any of those directions you choose and then uh, you you know you just assign what you want, and that means that there are thirty six different moves to choose from between the three types of me's. Which means if you view the me as a single character, it's the equivalent of having nine normal fighters. Like if you're just like, okay, here's the me with thirty six possible moves. That's the same as nine regular past Smash Bros. characters. But as you pointed out, Jose, the character customization extends to non me's as well. Yeah. Every character can but be customized. Does like, kind of bring up a question though. At least like for. Uh, I, don't, I don't know, maybe you'll tell me right now if they've answered it. But, Possibly. Um, like, for the me, I guess, like, when you pick them, like, obviously, if you're just playing casually with four people and you want to play with a me, like, is a menu going to pop up out of nowhere and just be like, okay, let me just sit here while I pick my different moves. Like, okay, let's see what I want here. Or, or I'm assuming you have these presets that I guess no one else can really mess with. You mean for the me's? I think, I think they're presets. Nintendo hasn't, excuse me, Nintendo hasn't actually said one way or another, but there's no way every time you start a match, they're going to be like, okay, go ahead and open that menu, make your friends wait for a little while. Yeah. They definitely have to be saved. It's probably matched to your me. Like, when you custom, when you add the me, you add, like, oh, I'm going to add Jason. It'll say, pick your moves. Kind of like in Wii Sports, it's like, are you left or right-handed? And it associates it with that specific me forever. Of course, you can go into the options and change it, but it will associate them yeah, up front, I would like imagine. a lot of work. I'm going to have to go in and make a... Pretty much a me for every possible combination. The cool thing is now you can essentially have anyone you want in Smash Bros. Like, uh, I saw an image flowing around Twitter of the King of the Hill characters. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's so Of perfect. course Hank's going to be in there. Hank's everywhere. Like, I've raced them in Mario Kart, like, at least once a week. He, because he's a really easy me to make. Because yeah. he's just, like, a square face with square glasses. Yeah, the easiest me to make that looks really accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is probably why he's so popular. And plus, I mean, come on, Hank Hill. King of the Hill. <laughs> Gotta have him. But, uh, yeah, so the thing with, just kind of to expand on the character customization, because, yeah, Miis, I assume those are preset. The Smash Bros, like, the normal Smash Bros. fires, I don't know exactly how that'll work, but Sakurai described it a little during the roundtable for Smash Bros. They did Tuesday night, right after the Smash Bros. Invitational, Sakurai ran across the street to the LA Convention Center and talked about it. And, um, basically, Hasco work is similar to the Miis, each B move, so once again, up, down, stit, entered, inside will have three variations. So, for example, he's Mario, um, as an example. His fireball. You can have a normal fireball where it bounces a few times as pretty quick, 
Or you can have one big fireball that goes really slow. Or you can have like a little spread. I think the third one was a spread shot. I don't remember. It's just one that goes really fast and straight. Right. Kind of like Luigi's. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, a, like, a, like almost like a sniper shot yeah. of it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's how they're going to differ. Or like his flood. You could have like a high impact one versus a far distance one versus, I don't remember the third. But, uh, a scalding one. Yeah. So the the idea is that like they're the same move, unlike the Mies, where they're totally diversified. They're the same moves, just how they work will vary. But in addition to custom moves, this applies to Mies and non-Mies. There are custom items you can add to your character that further tweaks how they play. This was also from the roundtable. For example, uh, he get he's Mario again. You can give Mario a pair of gloves that make it easier for you know that make his um, his attack stronger. However, everything that has a plus has a minus, which means if his attacks are stronger because of the glove, the glove may, for example, limit his ability to launch an enemy in the air. Meaning, sure, he can rack up more damage, but it's going to be harder to knock him off the stage when the time comes. So you're better off not having him. Well, it depends. Because it comes about, it sounds like. It, it, to, I mean, it's obviously not going to be like a complete tit-for-tat right. sort of thing, but that's just the example he gave. Or like, uh, well, this isn't even in the same ballpark, but he also, or he also gave an example of heavier characters will, have, will be able to carry more items because they're bigger. And you could go, well, that's unfair, but his argument is right, but the smaller characters are so much speedier that there needs to be a trade-off. So he's really trying very hard to keep everything as balanced as possible. Even with items, even with customization, even with the Miis. So that's how he's doing it. Which, I mean, I I think it's a cool idea. I mean, I I guess it does, like, increase the longevity of offline play, because this is all limited to just offline. No, you can play online with friends. Online with friends. Basically... With people, you know, which I guess, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, because, like, how we've established before, like, a long time ago when we talk about Smash Brothers, like, the way, like, my group of friends and I play Smash Brothers, like, we don't, you know, we just play competitively. Like, we'll mm-hmm. just, so we're probably never going to touch the customization options, which just makes everything he's just announced, like, kind of pointless. Yeah, I mean, even to me, it's kind of, it kind of is moot, because it's like, great, I can do all these customization options, but against you guys, you're not going to want to do them, so I'm not going to care enough to do them. And if I go online, I can't use them, which I understand why I mean, I guess, that, like, the only way but... it would be worth it is if, like, I mean, if you come over to play, or when anyone, or anytime we're ever going to be over anyone's house, we're just going to play with regular settings, but if we get to we play you online, you have oh, right, own personal, right. customizable one. Even then, I don't know. I mean, I'm not the type of guy to customize. I'm the barely the type of guy that like when i play like pokemon it's just like i'm gonna get the all like you know it's like oh you can have strategy with like defensive moves and offensive moves and or you know and special effects and i'm just like yeah. and i'm just like nope attack 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 that's my four so i feel like this i will not maximize this i don't know, one important thing to, one, I don't know something i thought that was interesting that i noticed um i guess even though this is not a nintendo game mortal kombat x or Mortal yeah. Kombat 10. X or 10 yeah. yeah like um i was just watching like um the ed boon interview and they were talking about how like, every character has three variants, how they have, like, co- three completely different movesets. Sure. So, like, oh, so you have, like, Scorpion A could be could be Sub-Zero B, but maybe um, Scorpion C is worse than Sub-Zero A. Yeah. Or stuff like that. And that just kind of reminded me, like, oh, like, they're incorporating that into, like, their actual competitive online play. But Smash Brothers, I guess, is still... I don't know, I guess... Because they're giving you too many options. I, I think guess, it's the items know. that are making him not want to put it online. Because like the custom move sets, those are all equal well, I mean, in he, many he, ways. He could just not have you include items. But I think he wanted to do it just to make the customization a little more have a little more oomph, especially because they are fully transferable between Wii U and 3DS and vice versa. Yeah. So like if he was just like, yeah, you can do three very similar moves that just kind of play out a little differently, it'd be like, why would I bother transferring that? So they needed a little extra, well, you know, well, one extra step, well, which is well, the items. Well, no, well, I mean like. Before, right be- before he said that um, they were 
only like they were only doable like between friends like i thought like this was actually really cool like well like it's gonna be fun trying to figure out like what's the best version of mario and try to right. go with that or something like that. i but, assume that's why he didn't do it because he doesn't want everyone playing the exact same version of the top character like even in the so we're still gonna be doing that anyway because we're only allowed that well, version here of one yeah true like it makes right, no but, difference yeah, but I guess his logic is, well, I'm kind of putting words into his mouth here, but I'm guessing, I mean, because even, like, at the Smash Bros. Invitational, he made a point of, like, right now, Samus is the most powerful character, but we're going to change that. So it's just like, you know, like, that's just because of, we're in testing. Like, he want, he seems to want to make this as balanced as possible, so, because at it, the end it, of the day, it, he it, views it, it, it way too much, uh, Yeah, I mean, it, there'd be way, way more things for him to balance out if, like, yeah. you got out for customization, because then he'd have to actually test out that it's actually... Mm-hmm gonna be fair and online play. and i mean he does like i, st- I don't know if it was if it was picked up by the mic when i was saying it because you were talking too because we were both so excited but uh no it is a party game at the end of the day. he said that during the round table he made it very clear smash bros is a party game sure it has a competitive slant but it's a party game first in his mind mm-hmm. so as such that's probably why he's going to such lengths to balance it but um you know just so that someone that can't play super well can still stand a chance even if they pick some weird character that no one uses in tournament play or whatever yeah but uh but yeah i don't know it's kind of like i feel like after after I made the whole speech about like how i don't customize things i feel like i am gonna probably customize the which of the three variants of the b move to use but i don't think i'm gonna do items that's my gut feeling right. but but moving away from customization for a little bit um there was some other news about smash announced specifically two characters one of which you already spoiled um, and by spoiled, I mean they're out in the public. Yeah, everyone already knows about it. Yeah, I'm saying it like no one knows about any of this. But yeah, so the two characters were uh, Paltina of Kid Icarus Uprising and, of course, Pac-Man. Both of which were long rumored and suspected to be real. They're now real. Uh, Paltina had a pretty cool individual event, a pretty cool anime introduction. They looked different. Yeah, it, it, was, it was a nice throwback to those Kid Icarus promotional animes they ran on Nintendo Video on the 3DS. Yeah. But, uh... Had some interesting, um body movement at some point but that was... yeah she better not announce every attack every time she does it like in the reveal video oh. where she's like like angel light burst of joy or whatever the moves were called not burst of joy but you know like, <laughs> but like because every time she didn't move they she said it you know she probably will i hope not that do you realize how annoying that would get when you're playing smash Bros. against someone who like uses palatina as a regular character <laughs> and then like every two seconds it's like uh i don't know like Angel Dust. Apparently, she's not just saying drug names. Well, I mean, it's... I don't know. I mean, it sounds like it could be annoying, but, I mean, I don't know. Street Fighter does it all the time, and it's actually not as bad as you may think. I guess you just tune it out after a while. Yeah, yeah it like, just becomes part of, like, that kind of, like, Hadouken, Hadouken. Uh, I didn't think of Hadouken. Hadouken. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I'm really excited about Pac-Man, though, weirdly. Like, I think it's because it's old-school Pac-Man design, not... No. Yeah, the one that you have, right? Yes, because everyone can see this. I know, yeah. Uh, Just a random coincidence that they gave me that today. What? No, uh, they gave me that at work today. Yeah, what is... Uh, at the Goodbye. Is this, like, candy? Yeah, it just has, um, sour candy. It's like a little Pac-Man arcade cabinet for those people that can see. Made of tin. A little tiny one. And they also gave me a little Mario mushroom. A little Super mushroom. So. That's cool. That's nice. But anyway, uh, yeah, I like that it's the classic Pac-Man with the, uh, with the Pac-Man slots in his eyes opposed to that new goofy the one. The old school Mickey Mouse size. Yeah, the Mickey Mouse size instead of like that ridiculous one from Pac-Man Ghostly Adventures. I, I don't... I, I have no problem with the way he that one looks. <laughs> it just looks like Pac-Man. The new one? I mean, he looks like Pac-Man but he looks like some weird... I don't know. Variant. I just think he looks like, like a it's like a modern version of Pac-Man. I like any classic. other characters. I like classic. I and mean, I'm not saying I like... I don't know. I think... You just understand I, I, it, yeah. Yeah, like, I don't hate it. I mean, classic is still a cool design. I mean, but yeah, but Pac-Man in Smash Bros. is super cool. Not just because, like, it's classic Pac-Man, but, like, the stuff he can do. Like, when he 
goes across when he like does a dash across the stage, he literally turns it into like the old pizza slice Pac-Man, you know, just the ball with the triangle missing. And like bolts across the stage. His power ups are like like little yeah, eight bit fruit bombs. They're and, like Namco sprites. And Namco sprites. It's it's pretty cool. And it's also super cool that we have a game. Like if you told eight year old Jason in the mid nineties or late nineties, whenever I was eight, uh ninety seven. If you told nineteen ninety seven Jason, hey, you know Mega Man, Sonic, Mario and Pac Man, in about a decade, like a eh, decade and a half. They're gonna be in one game together. And you're gonna get to play as all of them. I'd be like, what? Like it's it's kind of insane if you think about it. They are for the biggest it, gaming mask. It's a little it, less so it, now. We're in a different world. I mean, I, I've heard I've been hearing that analogy so many times on the internet, and I feel like I don't know that we're in a different world. No, that, that, oh. like what I'm much, saying. Yeah, pretty much what you just said. Like, like oh, if you had if you had it's nostalgia, me, nostalgic glasses. But it's like that was like a completely different time where those like companies were even more enemies, especially like Sega and Nintendo. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, that's what's. Cr- I mean, yeah, obviously, like the concept of Marvel and DC doing a crossover comic was absurd, and then it happened. Yeah. Like I, you know, it's one of those things. That, like when it happens, you're kind of like, okay, cool, it happened. But you, if you think back to the mindset where it wasn't possible, no, then no. you're like, what? So, yeah, I'm excited for Pac-Man, and he just seems like he just seems like a fun character to use. I don't know. I like his moveset a lot, based on that one minute trailer. What I don't understand, what I really don't understand, is Nintendo had 2,000 of their most passionate fans who were yelping and hollering and making all sorts of noise for every little thing at the Smash Bros. Invitational. I mean, when they did the Mega Man Final Smash, the room erupted as soon as those six Mega Man mans, I don't know what the plural Mega Man is, mans, Mega Mans, uh, Mega Adults, Mega Man, uh, anyway, when they appeared on screen at once the room went nuts like i watched it i went home like when i was at home i watched found it on youtube the live stream they don't show the crowd at that moment but when you were in there like we were it was loud no, kind of hurt your ears it was insane so imagine if they did the pac-man reveal to that crowd it were for something where the smash the final smash was already i don't shown. know why they couldn't have just like done it then instead That's of waiting like five more minutes it, it wasn't five minutes but you get there yeah it's like hey we have 2000 our most passionate fans and we can get documented on film how crazy they are about smash bros when we show pac-man and namco would love us for giving pac-man the attention or we'll show about 100 journalists tucked away in an upstairs room of the convention center where we're not going to have a single camera rolling like i don't know why they did that but it is what it is i'm just glad pac-man's in there um, I, I think at this point, though, what characters could be left? I mean, Captain Falcon's going to be in there, for sure. They're just a given one. Ness mean? has been very highly demanded. Fans were chanting for Ness inside and outside the Invitational. Loudly. Yeah. Repeatedly. I mean, I guess Jigglypuff, but I feel like I'm only saying Jigglypuff just because she's been in every game, yeah. even though Jigglypuff hasn't really been relevant. Yeah. Ness. The good news awesome. is I think Ness and Falcon are just shy of being confirmed. Someone found... Uh, the logo, like the the franchise logos on, I think the Smash Bros. website yeah. for them. So they're basically there. Jigglypuff, I mean, it's hard to say because it's a Pokeball, which is already public. Yeah, I mean, then there's still Ice Climbers, but we don't really know that yet. I mean, I don't know. In terms of new characters, um, we actually had a good conversation in line. Game & Watch is still kind of up in the air. He yeah, did, that's he, an interesting he did, he, did, he didn't get one of those Game & Watch is ready to watch. Or, um... <laughs> Game & Ro- it's uh, Game & something with time, probably. It's Game & Watch sets the time. Uh, that doesn't make sense. Uh, but yeah, no, we had a good conversation in line with some people around us about... Sets like, his watch. <laughs> Game & Watch is on watch. No. It doesn't matter. Whatever. But yeah, we had a good conversation in line at the Invitational with um, some people about characters. And Ridley's still a very hotly demanded one. I don't think it's ever going to happen, but multiple mentions of Ridley. Uh, <laughs> I want Chibi-Robo. 
I really want Chibi Robo. People laughed at me when I said it, but I was serious. Chibi Robo. I mean, he has so many versatile things he can whip out of his head. Which, by the way, that's a strange sentence. Uh, but, probably, but no, he can. He has all sorts of items. Probably, probably because he has an arm blaster, and they're like, oh, we don't want to have three people with arm blasters. Eh. I know, obviously. Uh, I mean, at least if he was an assist trophy. I don't know. I mean, he got a sticker in Brawl. Woo. Yeah. yeah, that's something not coming back. Stickers. Or, or, or if they are, they haven't them. been announced. But it sounds like the items and the customization kind of replace stickers. Yeah, I mean, it sounds was, like they're what stickers should have been. That was, that's, that was kind of like the next step. Or yeah, this is the next step. Anything. Yeah, so well, I guess we'll see who's going to be announced. Nintendo did confirm during Treehouse Live, which was their you know three days of nonstop streaming by the Treehouse staff. Uh, they did confirm that there are still unannounced characters. Hmm. So. We'll see. Well, I mean, assuming each me gets its own item slot, we're already at more characters than Brawl has, so... Yeah, no, we are. Yeah. Even I, I think even with the Miis as one character, we already... Surpa- I think we're one no, ahead of no, Brawl. No, if, 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 if there are one item slot, I think we're just one below. character slot. One character slot, I think yeah. we're just one below. So we'll at least be even, then. But no, those are three separate characters. Yeah, yeah. they are. Yeah. I mean, that's it. They're completely separate. Right, so we're already above Brawl. Remember when we had that yeah. whole conversation like a year ago where Sakurai's like... Guys. Oh, actually, no. I take that back. <coughs> Excuse me. We're... Yeah. We're at the same number. We're, we have more character slots now, but back then, like, three characters were in one character slot. Right. So there's actually, like, I mean, three, four, five, six, seven, seven, eight, nine, like, nine characters that were just squished into four slots. So. Right, right. So I guess in terms of raw character count, yeah, about, we're, yeah, about we're, about on, we're breaking even, but in terms of slots, we're ahead. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Remember a year ago in soccer, I was like, hey, fair warning, guys, we might not be able to match the number of characters because of the 3DS version. Boy, did that change. He's like, really, I have so much room on the cartridge. We had a whole debate about it on the podcast. Like, is he really going to actually put less? Who's he going to, or fewer? Who's he going to leave out? And now here we are with more. Yep. Go Sakurai and his team. Uh, now, I know we said we were mostly focusing on Wii U for this episode, but it is worth mentioning about the 3DS version of Smash, since we are talking about Smash. They didn't really announce a whole lot of new stuff. They did show Smash Run yet again, and I still think it looks pretty cool. Um, we'll have impressions of it from the uh, Smash Bros. Smash Fest at Best Buy in our episode coming up on Sunday, so stay tuned for that. But they also show like a rapid-fire montage of some other modes that will be in the 3DS version, including an adventure mode, which looks scaled back from what the Wii had and more like what Melee had. Uh, the, diff- the difficulty range of Kid Icarus Uprisings making the jump complete that difficulty cauldron thing yeah. now it looks like a scale of some sort instead of a cauldron but same difference and uh the biggest announcement was actually a bit of bad news and that's that the game's been delayed unless october is now officially part of summer which it's hint it's not uh the game is now missing its summer release it will be out october 3rd so so much for my late august prediction i know and then the wii u version now we can kind of jump back to that the wii u version um is coming holiday 2014 that's all nintendo's saying what they did confirm is along with the game they'll be releasing the gamecube controller adapter for 20 dollars, which actually is not badly priced whatsoever or you can get a gamecube brand a smash bros branded gamecube controller for 30 dollars, or you can just get all of it for a hundred dollars the game the controller and the adapter for second third fourth player to join you so, um, that's a saving of, savings of ten whole bucks it's, if you do that. I don't know. I, I, I think just because, like, psychologically speaking, like, oh, it's a hundred bucks. I don't want to spend a hundred bucks. I don't need another GameCube controller, yeah. so I'm just going to do the adapter and uh, the game. Yeah. Right? So that's like, uh, I, that's I'm, 80. Like, I'm not even going to do the adapter. I figure... Well, you're used to the Pro Controller. Yeah, so, so I mean, I figure, like, um, there's... Yeah, I guess everyone else I know, like, would rather use the GameCube controller. Yep. And I know 
if they get smashed, but they're just going to get their own adapter. So if anyone wants to play with the adapter, they'll just... I could just bring mine over. I'm glad yeah. we're figuring out these logistics right now, six months I know, right? Yeah. Glad that's resolved. Oh, man. But um, the Wii U version, of course, does have one more major trick up its sleeve that we need to discuss. And this one uh, kind of brings it all back to my idea of everything's about customization, and that is the NFC figurines. As I think everyone on Earth, us included, predicted... The NF, uh, Nintendo's Nintendo figurine platform, or NFP, uh, or NFC figurine platform, take your pick, it was both, is now official. It's now called Amiibo, that's A-M-I-I-B-O, and uh, as previously confirmed, it's basically like a two-way data stream between the figurine and the and games, which means, for Smash Bros., uh, characters can actually like evolve, like the figurine will like grow and learn and level up and adapt. So that's yeah. kind of neat. It's not just like Skylanders where it's like you plop it in and you're done. I know. This is actually like the only customizable part of the game that I'm actually excited about that actually mm-hmm. I'm going to try to take to a more like serious level just because, I don't know, it's like the closest thing we have to, I guess, Digimon slash Pokemon. Yeah, it really is. Because I mean, it's like, you could just like, like oh, I, well, I don't know. Honestly, first I thought they were kind of lame when they first introduced it. Just like, oh, okay, you plug it in. Oh, a character fights for you. You can't even control it. Uh. Yeah, yeah, they're called they're called uh, fight players in the game. Yeah. Like they have an FP over their head, and you can, just to for people who may not know, you can either do co-op with them and fight, have them fight as your team member, or you can do competitive against them. Yeah. But you were saying. And I guess um, just kind of like Pokemon or Digimon, you, tra- you could train them, yep. you could level them up, you could customize their movesets, you customize their what, like they... What their stats like get increased by, and apparently like they learn tactics. I'm yeah, not here's really the sure crazy thing: based on your playstyle, when you fight with them or against them, they will apparently adapt to how you play and learn certain techniques and tactics. And ultimately, it sounds really. They have AI. And awesome. They're basically like yeah. ba- they're like probably like mid-level AI characters. But what what Sakurai was saying during that same roundtable is he was making the point that yeah, these guys go up to level fifty, and when we say level fifty, we mean that in the same scale as the level nine CPU in past Smash Bros. Like, these guys are smart. And he's really hoping that they get to the point where you want them in team battle as your teammate because they're that good and they're that, like, human-like. I mean, he didn't say those exact words, but that's oh, yeah, the takeaway yeah. message. Yeah, but, I mean, that just sounds really awesome. Like It, it could, does. It, it, really it, does. it could be, like, its own separate game. Like, like to just, like, I could already see, like, me and my brother, like, competing with each other. Like, oh, I bet I could train my... They don't have a trophy for him confirmed yet, but, like, I'll train my Bowser better than his... He'll be there. Whatever. Give it time. Yeah. yeah he, well, yeah, they don't have his Wario. Wow, none of the toys we really want are there yet. But um, You don't want Wii Fit Trainer? <laughs> well, we're going to get all of them, but yeah. Oh, and they're going to be priced roughly the same as uh, Skylanders or Disney Infinity which Toys, is? which means 10 to 15 per figurine. Yeah. That's, Nintendo didn't give a hard number, that's no, just no, the ballpark. Yeah. So, so if you buy, let's say, the entire roster of Smash Bros, you are potentially looking at $450. Oh. <laughs> I just thought I'd throw that out there mm. for everyone to realize. I mean, at least they're releasing it in chunks. Like, they only have 15. Like I think six, I think there's... I read somewhere there's 32 confirmed toys because I think they said they will release every single character at one point or another. But I think it's 16 at launch in this holiday. Yeah. I mean, like, this is, like, a collection I know, like, I have to get every single one, so I'm, like, already thinking, like, wow, where am I... You have no room in your well, room. Well, I'm, I'm gonna make room. I mean, this stuff, there's a few empty shelves. Well, yeah. they're not empty, but just junk there. But, yeah. yeah, but, I mean, the figurines... Oh, ins- The figurines themselves, like, Smash Bros. is kind of cool how they work. I mean, on one hand, I'm kind of like, wait, so they don't really add... They're just kind of like a side thing to the game. They're not, like, a core function. But the other, on the other hand, the fact that they learn how you play, and then you basically always have a team battle partner, even when you're playing alone, and presumably it will match how you play, and it will learn your techniques. Like, that's 
Really cool. Did they say if you could use them online with friends? Presumably you can, right? I don't know, actually. Like, like, I assume it was friends. Like, I'm just yeah. saying one-on-one. Like, like oh, let's say um, me and my amiibo or you and your amiibo. Also, the name amiibo. Yeah, I don't know how it's going to work. But, I do, but uh, Bring your amiibo over. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. I mean, definitely local multiplayer. That's something they're obviously encouraging. Hey, which link is mine? Oh, man, we have to have them fight. All right, I guess we'll keep... I'll keep the one that wins. <laughs> yeah, Nintendo did make a good point. Bill Trennan uh, of the Nintendo Treehouse, the, their proc manager, he uh, did a video about just Amiibo, and he would make a good point that no two toys, in theory, will be identical. I mean, physically, sure, but in terms so of you have to moves, put, like, a little sticker on the bottom or something if you want to tell them apart. Everyone's going to have, like, a... Yeah. Who has the best Mario contest or something. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of excited to see how, like, people embrace it, and if we're going to start seeing, like, videos on YouTube pop up of people, like, fighting their... Just having their uh, FPs fight against each other. Because they can. Yeah, because I think that'd be awesome. That's like, one of the modes. Yeah. You can literally sit back and watch all the toys fight each other. Just, like, set up an online match. It's just, like, dog fights. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can't... You really... can bet on them, and yeah, you can... Yeah, Except these aren't yeah, frowned not, upon. Yeah, because it's not quite Pokemon, because you can't tell them exactly what moves to do. But, like, yeah, yeah, so, yeah it's a dog it's like fight. A, it's like it's on the spectator sport. Yeah, you... Yeah, it could be really cool. And I mean, the Amiibos themselves, the toy... First of all, I love the name. I don't know why. Just the name really resonates with me. I think it's a really great name. Like, it has the me... So, it, you know, of, of me's and we. So it's kind of like, oh, it's your custom thing. It's your me. It kind of sounds like Amigo, like your friend. Yeah. Actually, that's partly where... Um, I think... Oh, where was it? I saw somewhere where they came up with the name. And the Ami is like Mon Ami, like my friend. That's partly where they got it from, oh. I think. Or was that Pokemon Ami in X and Y that they Pokemon got Pokemon Ami. It might have been, yeah. Especially because that's in Paris. Uh, yeah, but no, it's... Uh, they're really cool. And, like, the logo's really nice and, like, clean. And it, it they look cool. Now... What do you think of the actual quality of the toy, though? Like, we've seen high-res photos come out since... In the video, when we were watching it in, like, uh, the Smudge-O-Vision, they were like, oh, God, it looks so detailed. But then, when we saw them in high-res, you initially kind of recoiled a little. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. The first thing that I always tend to notice in toys is um, gaps and, um, like, Yoshi. and stuff. And, like, Yoshi's pretty like, bad. Oh, Yoshi's nose and his arms that you can see, like, where... Like, they're not just, like, one solid piece of plastic. Like, they were, like, obviously built in parts. And they didn't, could see the seams. Yeah, know. they didn't really see the way. Or Donkey Kong's arm. or I mean, like, detail-wise, like, they're really awesome. Just because they're meant to look like, just like those, the art that they officially released for Smash Bros. Yeah. for each character. And they're like, spot on, minus the seams. Yeah, just, like, the way they're posed. Like, Samus looks really, really good. Link looks, I mean, I don't know. He, he looked like he wasn't finished being painted yet. He looked like he didn't yeah. have a face. Um... But, like some, th- like some look better than others. Like they, I mean, they all look pretty good, but I don't know. I hope they kind of get better because right now, like, well, they are prototypes. To Nintendo's credit, they have said very clearly everything on E3 are prototype toys and prototype packaging. Yeah, so I mean, there I, is hope. I'm so confident that they'll look better because I mean, right now, like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Disney Infinity and Skyrim just toys look really good. Like, yeah, I assume these will ultimately yeah, be like, that quality, if not higher. Yeah, because they, yeah, those toys are really good quality, especially. Yeah, One nice touch with the amiibos for at least Smash Bros. See, they're gonna re- just to be clear. They're releasing different sets. There will be character. How how in theory it's gonna work is if you have a Mario toy, you can use it in any game that supports a Mario toy. But you might get special features if you use the toy that corresponds to that game. Case in point, the Smash Bros. toys have the Smash Bros. emblem on their stand that they stand on. So they work with Smash. You know, if you use them in Smash Bros., you might get something. You know, the FP thing might work a little better. Mm-hmm. But if uh, but in theory, if you have a Mario from Smash Bros., you will be able to use it in a different game, at least at a like surface level. So there's that. And speaking yeah, of, yeah, it's like oh, it's compatible <coughs> with Mario Kart. Yes, yeah, speaking oh, of, oh, we fit trainer do. 
Probably well, nothing. yeah, no, probably nothing. But speaking of compatibility, that's the other major thing about Amiibo. We talked about this when Nintendo first teased the NFP program, and that's that uh, they are working cross-game. They will be on many games. They And Nintendo announced some of those games in their d- digital event. Mario Kart 8 was the big surprise. I mean, I did not see that coming. They're retroactively adding it. And it actually makes me excited about what other games, that's hypothetically, they could retroactively like, add it. Yeah. yeah, it's total DLC. They're going to have new playable characters, basically. Yeah. And they're going to be toys. Oh, man. That's interesting. That's a, that's actually a really cool approach to DLC. You get a physical reward to go with your digital purchase. You're not just getting a digital thing where like, oh, I have this game, but I actually also have this other little thing. You have proof of that little thing in the real world. It's kind yeah. of a nice touch. But um, yeah, addition to that, they announced a bunch of games that are coming out in the future for Wii U that will also be using Amiibo. They didn't really detail how they're going to use them, but it's a good way of like lumping together a bunch of their digital event announcements. So um, one, of the, one of the big games that's going to be using it is... What we used to know is Yarn Yoshi, but is now called Yoshi's Woolly World. And I'm sorry, Yarn it. Yoshi is a way better name. <laughs> Woolly World, unfortunately, reminds me of that. Um... Wally, 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 yeah. Wally, 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 Wally World. Oh, yeah. yeah, me too. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, as I think as I tweeted when they first announced, I'm like, I'm forever calling it Yarn Yoshi. I don't care. I'm gonna go up to uh, Tezuka, the producer of the game. I've met him before. I can meet him again. I'm gonna go up to him and be like. I love Yarn Yoshi, and he'll be like, I don't know what that is. And I'll be like, oh, you do. You do. But, I don't uh, speak English. Yeah, so I mean, he doesn't speak Yeah, I actually think he did speak English when we met him last year. Because, uh, like, I, I remember, like, I get Very from, short. He, he, I think he understood it. He just didn't speak it. Because he, like, it seemed to acknowledge what I was saying, but whatever. Point being, Yoshi... <laughs> Not yet, and he will leave. <laughs> yeah, it's like, just, just let him take the picture. I'll, I'll just be like a wax figurine for me, and it's fine. But, yeah, so uh, Yoshi's Woolly World is coming out in 2015... Which is a little bit of a weight, but um, it looks pretty awesome. It's they took the Kirby Epic. It's the spiritual successor of Kirby Epic, Kirby's Epic Yarn. So they have the the yarn effect, but instead of being a two D flat like textile on textile, they now went with three D. So it's HD. It's three D. You're still sc- side scrolling, but all the yarn has like depth. It's not just flat like st- uh, stitched on stuff. It's balls of yarn. It's knots of yarn. It's like little squares of stitched yarn that's like weaved together. And when you unravel stuff, it literally will unravel like in 3D spheres and everything. So when you're like finding secrets, you you know you pull the string and it will like zigzag in and out. It's not almost just like left a woolly right. world of some sort. Yeah, it's almost as if there's a world made of wool. I don't know where they got the idea. It couldn't be from the name. Not possible. I wonder what's next. But uh, claymation. Yarn Metroid. Claymation is next. We'll get to that. The, the new Kirby game, claymated, art style. Yeah. I don't, you couldn't tell in the stream we watched, but it's claymated. No, no, I, I, yeah. I thought. No, I'm talking about like this series because I remember oh, oh, when oh. they made Kirby, they're like, "Oh, let's, let's wonder what other franchises we could yarnify." Well, what's funny is apparently they. Um, I don't remember the exact. Like, I don't know why. I want to see a yarn Metroid. Just that'd be kind of cool. To see what a, what a little, what that a little would be kind of like. cool. I feel like that could actually work in many ways because, like, or what, maybe not yarn as much as it's like felt. Yeah. Because you could do a lot of interesting, like, moody stuff with like dark felt. Mm-hmm. But. But yeah, I don't know. The but most for, adorable Metroid game. It would. Samus would be so cute. But no, the uh, actually speaking of adorable, Yarn Yoshi, or sorry, Yoshi's Holy World is actually really adorable. Even little things like he doesn't have eggs anymore. Now, when you pull enough yarn off of a stage or whatever, he just turns into a ball of yarn and spits that out instead. So he's a ball. He has balls of yarn trailing him, which yeah. I just thought's a nice touch. They're not eggs anymore. Also, like how they balls. updated his design. He went from like looking like Kirby did, where he Kirby was just like an outline of yep. yarn, to actually being like a he's like a plush. Yeah, he's like a sack boy. He's like a, mm-hmm. a wool toy. Yeah, he looks. Re- it looks really good. And the thing is that um, 
they're trying to keep it like unlike well kirby's epic yarn was pretty exploratory like you had to find things tucked away behind yarn and everything and this game's gonna do it too but the yoshi's island games have always been been big about like you go find the five flowers in each stage and that's what it's about it's not just going point a to point b yoshi's new island did that as well and that's how uh yoshi's boy world's gonna be it really is like you know it's kind of like the mario land the mario world to mario land this is the yoshi world to yoshi island or island. I feel it's more like Yoshi's story if anything. Cause Yoshi's story, kind of, Yoshi yeah. story was also like a found material, kind of like the, the background of them were stitched together. They were that's made true. of cardboard. Everything was like made. Oh, that's of true. I didn't think of that comparison. The, on, the only things that weren't made out of something were the characters. Right. That's actually a really good point. I never thought this of that. This is like if anything, Yoshi's you know. story too, basically. Yeah. But yeah, it's still. I mean, I don't remember Yoshi's story collected the fruit, right? Yeah, because in this one they're keeping the five flowers of island. Yeah, but that also had five. But those weren't what got oh, you through okay, the level. Okay. The fruit got you. had to get all the pieces of fruit no, to yeah, fill yeah, up yeah. the ring around the yeah. screen. So it's kind of like both because there's also no baby Mario. So. True. True. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, they're, they're borrowing um, from the Yoshi's Island series and not Yoshi story transformations. But they're a little different this time in that uh, Yoshi, as far as what I've read and seen, Yoshi doesn't actually turn into a submarine or a rocket ship. Instead... Pieces of his yard yard work re like re stitch themselves into different shapes. His flutter jump, his feet turn into little propellers. Oh yeah, when he runs like he gets wheels. Yeah, and when he uh, like when he Kirby. does a ground pound, he uh, he turns into a hammer. It's kind of like how Kirby like when he would run, he would turn into a car. Yeah, like it's okay. that idea flushed out a little more. So it's like combining the concept from Kirby Epic Yarn with the actual transformations to some extent that we saw in Yoshi's Island in the past. So it's kind of a cool hybrid. It's not just a another yarn series game it's not just another yoshi game it's really a hybrid of the two so the the big new thing though that from either franchise is that for the first time there will be co-op multiplayer so there could be two yoshis there was kirby oh that's true yeah, was. You okay use, first time for yoshi then you could use prince whatever well now you have two yoshis instead of kirby and prince prince uh fluff prince fluff mcgee i don't know what his name was but uh Little kirby yeah but yeah now you have yoshi and red yoshi <laughs> uh so the you will be able to eat each other if you needed to know you can eat one the other yarn yoshi and spam out to use him as a projectile but so it's kind of like kirby it's going to be really annoying if you're probably playing with the wrong person yeah or mario or any of the co-op games nintendo does except donkey kong where you can't really hurt each other that easily yeah yeah but just keep grabbing the little monkey yeah that's true but yeah so it's uh co-op look pretty cool but really the game just looks like adorable like it looks like i don't know it looks like like it really looks like a yarn world come to life a very cutesy yarn world so it's out it's not out till next year but I, i'm pretty excited for it. i just love the art style i have a feeling just watching the footage is gonna be pretty easy much like kirby's epic yarn was because they do show the same gem collection and everything throughout the levels so i think it's gonna be kind of that same idea just in hd and with a guy that has a giant tongue instead of a guy that can suck a lot of air. Uh, you know what other game has a doll factor? Which? Captain Toad. That is true. And that is a pretty good transition. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, Captain Toad is the other. Oh, how adorable game. Oh, he and thinks he's a, an adventurer. He thinks he could do things, but he doesn't know how to jump. <laughs> uh, and he can't defend himself. Hey, toad. Oh, Toad. Go back to Hi. yelling. <laughs> yeah, he, all he does is go around and go like, Oh, no! I I was able to do a better toad, but I've been kind of sick all week, so my voice is a little shot. I don't know if anyone can tell. I sound fine talking, but if I randomly cough or whatever, the remnants of sickness. Uh, yeah, so Captain Toad is getting his own game. It's called Captain Toad's Treasure Tracker. It comes out a little sooner than Yoshi's uh, Woolly World. It comes out this holiday. And it's literally just Mario 3D World's Captain Toad levels fleshed out into a full retail, surprisingly, game. Yeah, so when people said, well, is 
They made a whole game of this. I would buy it. Well, I said that on this podcast. Go listen back verbatim. Well, Nintendo heard it, and they're like, all right, give me your money. Yeah, and I'm like, damn it, now I have to give them my money. <laughs> but uh, We're going to stop making games. <laughs> I will say, though, the trailer, they sh- the trailer, trailer, I, wow, that's, trailer. thank you, that they showed in the digital event did not do the game justice. After the after that aired, we watched uh, Tre- Treehouse, Treehouse Live play the game. It looks insanely good when they played it versus they're like, oh yeah, that's kind of cool when Nintendo showed it. So um, it's really the same core concept. So you're Toad, you have a little backpack, a little miner's hat, and you're exploring, you're trying to collect three stars per stage. You're manipulating the stage. And by, uh, by rotating it to be able to see every angle. It's like Fez. You want to be able to see every angle because it's this giant, like, cube. Yeah. Or cu- it, it, they it, see in this one, it's not just a cube. It goes into other shapes, too. But uh, it's basically a giant cube. And you have to rotate to see every angle, get the stars. You cannot jump. And now, officially canon, the reason you can't jump is because Toe's backpack is too heavy. So not only can he not defend himself, not only can he not jump, but the reason he can't jump is because he doesn't know how to pack a backpack properly to go on an adventure. So he's not... He's never even takes a, anything out of it. He's even a bad captain. He can't do anything. I know. Right. Where's his troops? Yeah, and where... <laughs> he probably lost them somewhere. Or something. <laughs> I don't know. He's just a bad leader, a bad packer, a bad jumper, a bad explorer, but an adorable video game star. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so the levels, like, in, the, in you know, Mario 3D world, they were kind of whatever. Like, they were fun, and you could see the potential, but they never got, like ridiculously like creative or challenging they were all kind of the same template this one they're going crazy for for example in the treehouse live video we saw there's one level where he's on a mine cart and you have to maneuver you know he's kind of like auto moving on the mine cart or whatever and you're moving the stage around so you can make sure you see where he's going but he also randomly has turnips in the back of his cart and you know you can just watch him very adorably throw turnips out of the cart just because he can and you know he's always like yeah, and like every time he throws one or whatever. Also, there is, I can't believe I forgot to say this, there is a squeal button. Because he can't jump, they had mapped the jump button to make him do his uh, sound that he does. So he's just, con- I don't know why I keep trying to do a toad voice. I'm not succeeding. I, I, but I'm, it's just fun. It's really poorly done, but it's fun. Uh, but yeah, so there's a squeal button. You can make toad squeal on demand. <laughs> Someone's fantasy just got played out right now. Someone's like, finally. Finally, my fetish becomes real. <laughs> Making him squeal on man. But, um, yeah, it's the game looks cool, though. Like, not just the minecart level, but they showed one. It was almost like a boss fight where there's this giant... It's not much of a fight. It's just like a yeah. get, get to the end with before the boss kills you and you win. I use fight loosely because he can't fight. It's more like you're, maneuver, you're getting around the stage, but you have to, yeah, do it before the boss hits you and he's throwing projectiles and stuff. So there's stuff like there's like a ladder on a moving platform that was like the platform. The ladder had the platform to act as a shield. Like, it was like a wall behind it so you have to just make sure you're on the ladder at the right time for when the enemies lined up but it looked really good yeah, that fire effects was really like awesomely animated and just yeah. looked really good and it had great like particle effects and lighting and yeah, Nintendo like, has figured like, out like, HD like, like, and they really, like, I don't know like as hard as they could like look at it, it's like well like there's like I couldn't really see how they could make the graphics like look better like, they can't like, it's like they just like peeked out at that art style like it's just yeah. it can't look better can't. yeah I agree and I mean it just seems like it's going to be a fun game. I don't know if it's worth a retail. Like, I would pay 20 bucks on the eShop easily, but I'm not sure. if it, yeah, It's going to be discounted. There's on, no way it's $60. I mean, it depends how many puzzles there are in it, too. Even that... Yeah, I guess. Because, I mean, I guess in many ways, it's kind of how, like, a Mario versus Donkey Kong-style game will work. Where it's like, here's a um, here's a puzzle game, but we're going to throw some Mushroom Kingdom theming on top of it. Because, I mean, Captain Toad is, at the end of the day, a 3D puzzle game. So, it, I mean, so, I mean would you say, like... 
let's say this game gives you like 20 hours of play, you still wouldn't want to pay 60 bucks for no, it. No, see, I don't know. If, uh, if Mario Kart gives you 60 hours of play too. No, like, no, no. Can... If it's the same amount of play, then sure. And the thing I'm starting to realize now is like I've bought multiple Mario vs. Donkey Kongs with no issue. I wonder if it's because this is a Wii U game versus like a handheld game. Because handheld, it's like, oh yeah, 30 bucks for like I think it's just puzzles, the world we sure. live in now where like, we've kind of been trained to like think like, okay, uh, only. Like, like, like puzzle games, alright, that's like a handheld thing or that's a kind of an eShop thing that you just play in little bursts. Yeah. But when you want like a full retail release, you want like a full-on adventure, like something that's not yeah, a puzzle I think game, that's... something that you don't play like in bite-sized levels. You I think want that's something part like of continuous it. and long. I think that's spot on, actually. And then that's, that's like, subconscious. Because, like, on the surface, like, you know, we watched it, and we're both like, this looks so cool, I can't wait to play it. But then you're like, ooh, but retail. But it's like, why are we having that yeah. ooh moment? Like, you're right. It's, it's also kind of hard to, like, maybe justify those kind of games when you have something like Pushmo that I'm assuming is going to run for, like, less than, like, 20 bucks. Yeah, and it's a download. But, but also, ha- yeah, it's a download. And I'm, if it's anything like the other Pushmo, it will have over 100 levels, not even counting yeah. the DLC ones. Or and the, never mind the DLC, they have a full, like, or the, uh, I mean, the Miiverse, maker, the maker, yeah, the Miiverse one, so like, sharing. Yeah. Yeah, that comes out at the end of the month, by the way, Push My World. Huh. But, but, um, but yeah, I don't know, Captain Toad, like, I'm, I'm, I want to, it's hard to, like, say I'm excited for it, but I am looking forward to playing it, I guess is the best way to put it. It was kind of a surprise, I didn't think Nintendo would that quickly pump out a whole spin-off game, but, hey, well, they need more games, here you, there, there they are. That's what EAD was doing for a whole year. What? This what, oh, this is what yeah. Captain Toad's been up to for the past year? Not EAD, though. Oh, EAD. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing. Thank you, I forgot to mention that completely. EAD Tokyo, the makers that's of it. Mario Galaxy, 3D World. That's what 3D World. They have actually... They, it's them. So it's not like some weird offshoot developer. It's not some, like, oh, yeah, Nintendo, Nintendo's like, oh, yeah, this is a cool idea. Let's give it to, like, Artoon, who does, like, Yoshi's New Island. No, this is core Nintendo game. So yeah. there's that. And I did mention Mario vs. Donkey Kong. So I guess uh, just to like take a brief detour away from the digital event, now's probably a good time to mention that Mario vs. Donkey Kong is officially coming to Wii U. Right after the digital event ended, Nintendo decided to... So that tech demo that we saw. Yeah, the GDC tech demo where it's like, oh, this is just for Nintendo Web Framework. We are not making a game out of it. Was a total lie. They are making a game out of it. <laughs> it was a game. It is a game. It will be a game when it comes out next year. It's real. And why the but... hell would they make that as a... Demo they always do stuff like that. We're like, this is just con- a tech demo guy. Remember, like half the Nintendo Land mini games at E3 2011, where these are just conceptual, and then here yeah. we are, you know, at launch, and it's like all these concepts are now a game. Uh, but yeah, so Mario vs. Donkey Kong, it's um, one of a few games that Nintendo they have a habit of doing this every year. They will have their press conference, they'll have their digital event, they'll have their direct, and then literally within ten minutes of it ending. They put out their press kit, and in it are, like, four surprises, or three surprises. I remember one year they had, like, a, a Kirby game and something else. Like, real games, not, like, little side games like this. Like, actual, like, AAA tiles, that would be a big deal, and they just kind of tucked it away. But, uh, so for Mario vs. Donkey Kong on Wii U, uh, it's actually going to go back to the 2D Guide Them Lemming style to the door gameplay. It's not like the 3DS version. There's not different modes where you're, like, on a cube and that sort of thing. It's traditional Mario vs. Donkey Kong, opposed yeah. to Mario and Donkey Kong, as it was last called. Um, and that means that you're going to get pretty much a touch-controlled game. There's going to be A-levels. It's all going to take place on the gamepad. Based on the trailer, the TV is literally just going to show a mirror image of the gamepad with some little colorful borders around it. So, this, yeah, this seems like it might be an eShop game. 
Uh, the new wrinkle, of course, besides HD graphics, is that they're doing some enhanced sharing. Marvel vs. Donkey Kong's always been really big on sharing. That's one of the cool things about the games, is they've had level editors forever, and they've had, like, a community where you can upload, even the DS ones, upload online, you know, browse them, pick popular ones. Starting with the DS ones, right? Because the Game Boy Advance one was basically Marvel... No, it was basically... Mar- was Donkey Kong 94. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, so starting with the DS ones, you're right. Um, but this one, they're kind of taking it to the next level because they're going to add Miiverse support and do some cool social stuff. So for one thing, you can yeah people's stages so they know that you like them. But you can also do one better, and that's tip. You can give tips. The game has an in-game currency called stars, appropriately enough. And these stars, earning stars is how you unlock additional pieces and items and gadgets and trinkets to build your levels. So what you can do is if you really like a stage by a guy or a handful of his stages or gal, you can, uh... Tip them stars, your stars to them. Basically pay them to be able to give them access to new tools to make new levels with those new tools. Hmm. Kind of a clever concept. I'm kind of surprised Nintendo has never, or any real level creation game, has never done a, like, if you really like the guy's level, give him the ability to make newer levels with fancier stuff. Because in theory, the best level designers, they'll rise to the top because everyone will be tipping them, and they'll have access to all sorts of crazy stuff that you won't get for a long time. And you might go, well, that's unfair to me. But the creative guys that are really good at making levels are going to put them to way better yeah. than you ever could. And it's going to be more like, like, well, like I could complain that I'm not getting those things, but at the end of the day, I probably wasn't going to use them anyway. Yeah, exactly. So I, th- I think that's a brilliant system, and I'm really surprised no one did that sooner that I can think of. Yeah. It's, it's really clever, and it's a great use of Actually, that's actually really smart, too. Like, if something like that was incorporated in Little Big Planet, like, kind of, like, limit what you could use so that you're kind of forced to make really simple levels first instead of being, like, overwhelmed with all these options. Yeah. Huh. I bet you, um, we'll get to it a little later, but the Mario Maker I think you get to it a lot, still. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, uh, I'll get to that, we'll get to this later in more depth, but that Mario Maker game where you can build your Mario levels, this system, I would imagine, would be perfect for that as well. Unlock different worlds and different art styles as you get yeah, to Yeah, can you make Bowser Castle levels? We'll find Maybe out eventually, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, first, though, probably should mention that, um... This, too, is not till 2015. Uh, I find it interesting, though, Nintendo has a new trend that they're starting, where they're taking successful handheld puzzle games, putting them in HD, adding Miiverse and better sharing capabilities, and then releasing them on Wii U. We're seeing it with Push Mode World at the end of the month. We're seeing it with Mario vs. Donkey Kong. We're probably going to see it with some others going forward. But I'm, I'm wondering if this is, is this just them trying to fill holes in the lineup as quickly as possible, or is it like, I don't know what else it is. Could be because normally these are this is traditionally a handheld franchise. It's never been on console. Hmm. What was that um, puzzle game for the DS where it was um, like these cubes that you have to like break and you make like little shapes and they're like, num- uh, yeah, Picross 3D. Yeah, Picross 3D. Was that yeah, a Wii that, U thing? Yeah. It's not a Wii U yet, but I wouldn't be surprised at this rate. <laughs> it seems like because I mean it makes sense. The Wii U has the game has the touch screen of the DS, which is what's so great for puzzle games. And it supports not using a TV, so you don't need to have, like, a giant pit cross on a 60-inch TV. So, I mean, I, I would, I could see them doing it. I, I think I think Pushmo is kind of the first test. Marvel vs. Donkey Kong will be the second test. Presumably, it's eShop only. And then from there, you know, we'll see what happens. But but, but Marvel vs. Donkey Kong is only a few, one of a few different games that um, Nintendo kind of stealth announced. The other being one that's probably right up your alley, Jose, because you love... Doubt it. You love the franchise and you love the star in this case, and that's Mario Party 10. Oh, yeah. So, see? Uh, yeah, so in Mario Party 10, Bowser gets to be the star this time around, and uh, it kind of... The reason Bowser's a star is because this is how Nintendo's choosing to answer the question of, how do you use the gamepad for five-player minigames in Mario Party, which only really has four players? Well, here's how. 
And I know, they have the eight-player crazy thing from that one version, but here's how. The person on the gamepad, it's all asynchronous, or asymmetric, excuse me, gameplay, like back when the Wii, la- Wii launch, remember that buzzword, as- asymmetric gameplay, one person makes something totally different. I don't know, totally actually tried making these kinds of games anymore. Yeah, it kind of, well, it's back, and what it is, is Bowser is the gamepad. Everyone is playing minigames normally on the TV. Bowser is controlling said minigames on the gamepad. For example, if you're in a level where you have to dodge fire, where's that fire coming from? Oh, Bowser on the gamepad. You're tilting, twisting, moving the gamepad to aim the fire. Oh, you're in a Ferris wheel that keeps switching directions, or like a tilt-a-whirl, and you have to stay like on it as long as possible. Wheel. Well, guess what? Bowser's the one switching the directions using the touchscreen on the gamepad. Yeah, the pinball machine. Yeah. And Bowser. Oh, you're in a pinball machine. Yeah, well, Bowser is the one who's knocking the ball around. So, it not probably not every single minigame, but most of the minigames are going to have this four-on-one mechanic. Maybe, I, I'm sure it'll think, be somewhere it's not like that. Cause, yeah, like, you think, judging from the trailer, like, it's really hard to tell whether this is something that will come out whenever you land on a Bowser space, or if Bowser will be chasing you in every single board game, and maybe he catches up, like, every four turns, and that's when you play a minigame. Right? Yeah, but there's definitely, for sure, going to be minigames where it's just normal... Normal multiplayer. Yeah, I mean, there there's was, no way they can milk this. Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, they had like a new spin on the jumping rope mini game, where it's just right. like jumping over rings of bugs, but or yeah, butterflies or whatever. But. I think it was butterflies, but yeah. Um, they always have to have that. The the other thing that was noticeable in the trailer, we really don't know anything about. Nintendo's like, yup, we're making a Mario Party. Oh, and yup, Bowser's in it. Oh, and yup, it has five player. Oh, and it's HD. It Mario Party X. Yeah, well, more combat stole that already. They <laughs> call it whatever they want. But uh, little kids won't know what the X stands for. And they already have Xenoblade Chronicles X. How many X's are they going to have? Extreme. <laughs> oh, they should have done that. Mario Party Extreme. 90s throwback. But, <laughs> everyone um, has the sunglasses. Everyone has sunglasses and like uh, brightly colored shirts, and there's just like neon everywhere. But the yeah, the other thing that we was confirmed in the trailer is they're keeping that mechanic of everyone goes space to space together in one yeah, vehicle. It's fine, but it I doesn't feel like real Mario Party to me. It, it just feels like it, it's a different game. It's a different game. It's a different game. Yeah, it's surprising to is it a different, a different game, game by any chance? It's a different game. Oh, interesting. No, but it's surprising because like Mario Party on 3DS Island Tour, they ditched that mechanic pretty quickly. They used it in one yeah. game, and it was gone. And I'm like, oh, it's a one-off, like, the microphone thing, like, the eight-player support thing. Like, each Mario Party has a thing. Or, or like, uh, wasn't one of the Mario Parties, like, everything was, like, voting? Or, so, or was that just the ad campaign for it? That was just the ad campaign. Right, Mario Party 7, I think, was the one that had that. No, it was Mario or no, Party it was 5. 5, yeah. But, 7 was the cruise ship. Right, right. But So they all have, like, a gimmick, but it's interesting to see them return to something they already ditched. Who knows how it will work, but... Uh, I mean, well, are you technically haven't... They did it. ditch it. They did a Mario Party since without it. Yeah, but that was like a... I mean, I always kind of like the handheld one, like their own thing. I mean, this is Mario Party 9 had it and Mario Party 10 had it. True, I guess. I okay. Mean, 9 and 10. Like I'll give you that. Cons- they're like the core console. Yeah, games. I guess I guess uh, Island Tour was more the, of a spin-off. Yeah, because I mean, that one had a, that one was more like um, Wii Party U, if anything, where you had like five different types of games. Right. I mean, Mario Party has always been about having one game mechanic, and you kind of just spread it out throughout the board games. True, true. Even though the later ones have kind of been, like, even experimenting with that. I think, like, Mario Party 6, or one of them had, like, you have to buy hotels. Another one had, you all start with Chim Chomp. They had to, like, fight for the star that everyone right, already right. had. So, well, they got to keep it fresh somehow. There's only so many times you can release a very rudimentary board game and expect people to keep going, oh, this is new. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I love Mario Party 2 and I'll play it to death, but if they made eight more Mario Party 2s, I'd be like, this is overkill. They did. <laughs> sort of. Sort of. <laughs> but, so what, what they, are made, you... they made, like, six more. Yeah, so so what are your thoughts? Are you excited? 
I mean, Mario Party is your game. Yeah, I'm, I'm always excited for the board game. I mean, for the mini games. Like, that's what I end up with. I always end up playing just the mini games anyway. Like, yeah. I've loved every set of mini games from every Mario Party. Like, yeah. I mean, I think maybe Mario Party 2 kind of like you, you just wins out of nostalgia. Oh, yeah. Mario but, Party 1's pretty good too, to be honest. But, um, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. I really like the games of Mario Party 3. I think those were maybe my favorite set. I didn't. I don't know why. Yeah. Like, I bought Mario Party 1 when it came out, and I was super excited, and I loved it. I didn't. I never bought Mario Party two, but I rented it a bajillion times from Blockbuster. Remember Block? Remember that place called Blockbuster? Yeah, I used to go there. I rented it from them, and then I when three came out, I'm like, I can't believe I never bought two. I'll buy three. Didn't like three as much as two. I don't oh. know why. And then I bought four when I got my GameCube. Waluigi, you know, after GameCube did came you out. Didn't like him in there. I don't care about Waluigi. One no, like, oh, he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't ruin experiences for me. He just doesn't enhance them either. Oh. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's uh, it's something about three. I think it was just. I think they took when they got rid of Mario's cowboy outfit. I was just like, what's the point of? I mean, I, I really like the three like fleshed out the dual mini games. Like they were. Yeah, that was nice actually. Like foul play. I think they still one of the best but, ones. But you're you're definitely the Mario Party connoisseur. I'm like the casual Mario Partyer. But I mean, for those who don't know, I think this was on the early in the early days of the podcast, two and a half years ago. Uh, Jose, with my help, won a Mario Party contest where Mario and Luigi showed up at his house with a Wii and a copy of Mario Party 9? Yep. Yeah, and we had a Mario Party party, literally. Like, there were like eight TVs, six TVs, six copies of the game, a giant Mario and Luigi just randomly popping in. Uh, it, it was pretty insane, but it was pretty awesome. If you guys are curious about it, it's actually, it's from one of our early episodes. I want to say the Kid Icarus episode, but if you go around com and just browse the early episodes, we have a photo gallery of Mario and Luigi literally standing where we are currently recording yeah it, it was insane like looking back on it, it is the most ridiculous kind one, of awkward kind of thing a once ever. in a lifetime thing yeah it yeah. was it was bizarre and it came in a party bus nope. i just thought i should mention basically that. and i think the party bus had took a up the whole pool. street yeah it was like something you would cover a house with like move the bus like yeah your home makeover <laughs> yeah but so that's Mario Party. Um, I don't know. There's no easy transition from that. So let's just go back to the games that were shown in the direct, in, or sorry, the digital event. Something else you like to play? Ah, pun. Yeah, Kirby and the Rainbow Curse is this one came out of nowhere. I was very pleasantly surprised by this one, and that uh, is the fact that there's a sequel to Kirby Campus Curse. I think it was cool that when we saw it in Blurry Vision, we just saw that it's a Kirby canvas curse game we're like oh this is really cool but and it wasn't until I got home that I'm oh, like yeah. whoa it's a clay thing I didn't know it was claymation until awesome. literally the next day because <laughs> I didn't watch I, like when we basically our day for those that uh, need to know our personal lives which you do uh, we went to Smash Bros. Invitational we were there at like 6.30 in the morning um, we were there at LA Convention Center at LA Live at Staples Center till like 8pm come home and first thing I did was write the article about the Smash Bros. Invitational which is now up on the site check it out if you haven't seen it yet and that took me to about 3 a.m., went to sleep, woke up, went to work, came home, started doing the outline for this podcast right now. It's just like, yeah, I literally did not see the trailer till the next day. And I'm like, like, I'm watching it. I'm like, wait, wait, this is, this is clay. This is crazy. This is like actual claymation looking. It's super cool. But that's funny, like, to think this will be a retail release? Yes. Because it also kind of feels like something that would be an eShop game. Because know. it was on a handheld first. Yeah, see. But, but then when you see it in motion and you see the graphics they're putting into it, it feels too high production. Mario oh, yeah. vs. Donkey Kong could easily be um, eShop because it's like 2D simple. They're making it with Nintendo Web Framework, a free HTML5 yeah. software making thing. Like, they don't need... So that they, would be They would eShop. waste a lot of money putting it on a disc. Yeah, but this is like Kirby and the, Rain- uh, yeah, Kirby and the Rainbow Curse that feels like it's has some gravitas so to speak the thing i don't know though is how it's gonna really use the tv 
It obviously doesn't seem like I'll use it at all. Yeah, which makes it weird for a retail release. So that brings us back to your question. Because how it works is it's literally just like Canvas Curse. Um, you control you control everything with the stylus. You're drawing rainbow paths where Kirby go on. You're tapping enemies to make them to keep them at bay or kill them, and they're just going level by level. And instead of you know different art styles, two D art styles like stained glass and painting and what and paintings and whatnot, in, as in Canvas Curse, now everything's clay. It looks like someone just like took out some play doh. Smushed it all together and plopped down a ball of Kirby on it. Yeah, and as they were pointing out in the, I was watching the Treehouse live when they were talking about Kirby's Rainbow Curse and Kirby and the Kirby and the Rainbow <laughs> Curse. Yeah, and um, I don't know, they said they were pointing out all these really cool details, like how you could see like the fingerprint smudges on the clay. Oh, like, that's like, great! Like someone sculpting them. Like, yeah, you can see the di- the the grooves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or like how Kirby like. I guess in Canvas Curse, he was, like, cursed and turned into a ball. Yeah. But in this one, he's just Kirby holding his feet. Like, just to roll around. Hey, Tilt and Tumble Kirby. Yeah, it's Tilt and Tumble Kirby. That's that's a nice little reference. And not only that, but, like, they're totally hamming up the clay thing, too. The end of the demo at E3. And whenever Nintendo ends a demo at these expos or Comic-Con or whatever, it always says, thanks for playing, or some sort of message like that. This one, I think you probably guessed, thanks for playing. Uh, like the, it's a C and then it gets thumb printed into a P. No, it's yeah, but like everything is clay, like the menus, like everything, like they, the logo. Yeah, like they made everything try to work as clay. Which yeah, I'm really cool. liking this new trend of Nintendo doing like, I don't know how it's described, like alliterated art styles. You have yarn for Yoshi, clay for Kirby. Like I'm curious what's next. Matte print for Metroid. Uh, <laughs> pointillism for Pokemon. Like I metal for Metroid. A metal for Metroid. Yeah, metal. Yeah, that works. Metal for Metroid. Um... Paper mache for Pokemon. Yeah, pa- Pokemon. Paper mache for Pocket Monsters. Yeah. Boom. Double alliteration. But yeah, I really like... It's like Nintendo came to this realization that, hey, we can't actually match, like, pixel for pixel what PS4 and Xbox 3... One, Xbox 3 One... Xbox One can do. <laughs> but we don't need to because, you know what? We can just mimic real-life art styles and do it, like, really well and have our own unique look. Yeah. Like, or just do really good but art styles. Like, definitely do Mario stand Kart. out. I mean, like, as good as, like... I mean, I looked at, like... I was looking back at a lot of the Xbox One and um, PS3 games, just that four. PS3 and four. Oh, okay, yeah. I got a curiosity, <laughs> and um, I mean, like a lot of them looked really cool. Like um, that one where you have to the Rainbow Six one looks really fun to play with friends. But oh um, yeah, but at the end of the day, like I don't know, just like looking over them, they all look pretty generic. Yeah, Nintendo was kind of a breath of fresh air to see three in general. Like it, I know that sounds like so fanboyish, but no, seriously, oh, yeah. like, every mean, game was like a, it was like an ocean of like blood, gore, and shades of brown. Yeah, and then Nintendo I mean, comes in and it's like, like oh, like oh, first person shooter, first person shooter, military first person shooter, and every single game seemed to involve stabbing people in the neck this year. I don't <laughs> understand why, but then Nintendo comes in, and it's like you don't need to stab anyone. Why don't you just like put your thumb in some clay or stitch together a Yoshi, or better yet, shoot paint at each other, <laughs> which we'll get to later. Or that um, those are two quote that you pointed out that to me over there that said like oh i i want people to smile just for owning this game oh yeah 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 and there's another quote which i don't know who it was attributed to at nintendo but it was literally something like we saw all these shades of brown and we decided to add some color or something like that i don't know if that's a legit yeah for splatoon which we'll get to but before i get to splatoon i did want to say about Kirby, and well we have a lot before splatoon looking at actually one more game before splatoon but before we get to that i did want to say about kirby Kirby's Canvas Curse was, like, probably one of my front runners for favorite DS game of all time. Like, when it came out, I was, like, enamored with that game. I played it, like, a lot. It almost got a drawing. It, what? DS, favorite game. Like, oh, oh, yeah. oh, for the flashback article. Yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, wow, you, that caught me off guard. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it came very close. It was in the running when we were picking those games. 
but yeah, it's just a really good game. So when I saw this, like when we were watching, everyone's like, "Oh, Kirby Canvas Curse." I'm like, "Oh my god, Kirby Canvas Curse!" You guys, Kirby Canvas. Curse. I know, like, like, like we were, <laughs> I was freaking out. We were both excited, but like the people we were watching it with, because they didn't really have a phone to watch it from. Yeah, like they were kind of like, eh. "Yeah." Everyone's like, uh, "Yeah," because I was like, "Dude, Cam- it's Canvas Curse." Like I think I just blurted out Canvas Curse, and everyone's like, "What?" I'm like, "Canvas Curse." Yeah, which, which in which in this way, I, I think that's actually kind of cool that like we were actually like people are excited about really different things. Like yeah. this guy was like freaking out just at the. At the thought of the Star Fox sequel. Yeah, the fact they were making a Star Fox, then I'm like, eh. And I was freaking out about that, too. And then there was the, uh, there's another person who was, like, totally, or no, yeah, they're pretty excited about uh, Hyrule Warriors. I think that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Zelda and Impa being playable. Yeah. Yeah, so it's cool to see, like, different people. And really, I I said this earlier, but it's really cool to watch a Nintendo event with essentially 1,000 of your closest, new closest friends who have to be scattered around you in line, like. Seriously, when they showed the um, Reggie Iwata fight at the start of the, of the digital event, people went like bananas. It was, there was so much like, I was like, oh my god! Like, it was like, it was loud. And keep on, it's at 9 in the morning on like a random street in LA between Staples and LA Live. Like, it was it was crazy. Uh, but yeah, so that's Kirby and the Rainbow Curse. Uh, we did mention we were going to talk about Mario Maker, so now's probably as good a time as any to bring it up. And, uh, oh, Kirby and the Rainbow Curse, not out to 2015. You know what else isn't out till 2015? Mario Maker. There's my transition. Forgot it. Uh, so, so uh, Mario Maker, at least, is coming out in the first half of 2015. So that's good. We have a game that's not just a year away. It's only six to nine months away. Six to Man. 12 months away. Um, so, yeah, the game's been was rumored leading up to E3. Somehow someone got a photo of Nintendo's booth with the game on it. And everyone's like, oh, this can't be real. They're using the same hand. It's a good Photoshop. Yeah, it's a good, yeah. (laughs) And it turned out it was a great Photoshop because it was just real. (laughs) But, or a horrible Photoshop because it's just real. There's no Photoshopping. But, uh, yeah, so what it is, as its name implies, is you get to make Mario levels. It's really the spiritual successor of Mario Paint. I mean, right down to, like, the fly being in it and the fly slaughter and the little clapping hands when you do a level. clapping that very particular weird way that they do. Cupped hands. I don't understand how they do that. Like, I'm doing... Like, I'm trying it now, and I'm just hitting my nails, and it hurts. But, uh... But, yeah, so it it looks pretty cool. We had, um... It's basically you have a level editor on the gamepad. You move... You know, use the stylus to set everything up, and they just run the course at any time. They can undo it and redo it and... I love the, like I really really love like the user interface like how like it's you, super intuitive. Even just like the little tiny nonce like oh to change the Koopas from like red to green you just have to shake them, like shake them violently or just yeah. like, like stuff. Like but the that. shaking violently violently thing is a nice touch. Like the whole thing is so like the attention to detail. Like if you grab an enemy and just shake it around for a while with the stylus, they'll eventually start sweating. And after they sweat, you know, like, oh, God, where are you doing me? And then they'll burst into part, like into little mini versions of themselves. And yeah, like apart. the Goomba or like the Hammer yeah. Girl will throw hammers yeah. or like. Stuff like that. Yeah, and then like the um, the undo button for no apparent reason is a dog. That might be a Mario Paint reference. I'm not sure. Yeah. But, but yeah, we had the. Uh, it, I mean, it's really cool. And it looks super intuitive. We had the opportunity to watch the full uh, Treehouse Live demo of it when we were in the Smash Bros. Invitational, like in the theater. They're broadcasting it on the big Invitational screen while we were waiting. People were cheering and clapping for some reason. I, I didn't really. People get that. got super into the uh, Tezuka, the Mario, you know, longtime Mario producer Tezuka. He. uh he was trying... They gave him a really hard level, and they said, beat it. And he couldn't. Because, you know, he produces the games. He doesn't play them nonstop like us. So he was, he kept getting stuck, and people eventually started cheering every time he inched, an, you know, an inch further. And then if they pulled a trick on him, and, like, he went into an area, but then there's two Koopa Troopers coming out, and they couldn't see. Everyone would be like, oh! Like, it was... I think people were just super excited for Smash Bros. They played it up for this, too. But it 
it does look really cool. Now, I'm not the most creative person in the world in this regard. I barely play WarriorWare DIY, you know, to make my own. Make. I played it, but I never made my own in there. So I feel like I'm not going to use this. I know, for the people that Mario never does, like, custom creative stuff, like... I'm, yeah. I'm so surprised they released WarioWare DIY. I mean, albeit it was all touch-tapping games, yeah. but... That was a really deep and complicated... Yeah, and this looks like it game. could potentially be... I mean, they're already doing stuff like you have multiple art styles. You have the 8-bit classic Mario art style or new Super Mario Brothers, and you can switch Super them Mario on Brothers the fly. You. What? New Super Mario Brothers U. Yeah, yeah, and you can switch them on the fly. Yeah. And not only that, but... But, you, but you have to remember that it keeps the physics of the original Mario Brothers, not Yeah, it's just... It's Mario just, Brothers U. It's just cosmetic. Yeah. But presumably that means there'll be other art styles. I mean, the game's not out for another... Nine months. Yeah, maybe Mario World. Yeah, I'd be down for Mario World, even if they did some sort of like two D Mario sixty four reference of some sort. That'd Mario be kind of cool. 3. Mario Brothers three. There's so much they could do, and then there's also the fact that like this game is it's not taking them out much to actually build because it turns out when Nintendo makes Mario games, they literally have a tool like this in their office. This is just a polished up consumer version. Like yeah. the idea for this was they were making Mario and they're like, why don't we just release this? <laughs> so well, at least that's how I seem to remember Tezuka saying I see money yeah exactly they're like hey we're kind of running low on money and we don't have games two birds one stone take our tool make it public <laughs> but so the fact that they have this already and it obviously works in office they can go crazy with how they present it I feel like so so yeah it could be cool I, I feel like I'm not going to use it for the creativity part but I'm really curious to play some of the levels people come up with especially because like as we saw in the Trials Live demo this is like at times it's almost less Mario, more like Super Meat Boy. Like it's a lot of like trial and error. You yeah, keep doing it over and over and over. Yeah, that one specific level that you could only beat one way, and you had to do yeah. it perfectly and fast. And that's the one Tezuka kept getting stuck on that everyone was yeah. cheering for, which is why they were cheering. But uh, but yeah, like it's a different approach to Mario, and it could lead to some very cool creative stuff. The surprising thing is Nintendo hasn't talked about how Miiverse will work with it. Pretty much, obviously you yeah. share a Miiverse, I assume. But they haven't really said at all how that works. I'm really curious to see what where yeah, they go with not that. Not everyone can make crazy Mario levels like all those modded ones you see on online all the time. Yeah, yeah, and I have a feeling this thing's gonna be huge online. People are gonna be posting videos of their crazy levels, and yeah, yeah, they're gonna watch my friend not beat this level and we'll record a reaction or something. Yeah, yeah. So I'm 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 very interested to see how Mario Maker turns out. I'm not gonna build things my on my own, but I will probably buy it just to play other people's ridiculous levels. I can see a good community coming up around it on Miiverse. Um, also coming in early 2015, and also involved... Well, no, that transition doesn't work. Splatoon. <laughs> I was going to do something about paint and creativity. Oh! Oh! Haha! So, if Mario Maker is the sequel of Mario Paint, it's not the only game involving paint, or should I say ink, Splatoon for Wii U. Thank you. Thank you very much. Can I'm here now and again you. in two days. I know, that's my favorite part, I'm doing it when it's not even needed. Uh, so Splatoon is Nintendo's first new major intellectual property, major new franchise in quite a while. They've done eShop stuff, they've done like, you know, Brain Age Wii Fit. This is the first like game orient gamer oriented new franchise for retail release since probably like Pikmin. In terms of like a console wow. game. But and it's it's pretty pretty cool idea. Like yeah, it's yeah. basically Nintendo's um, version of Team Fortress. It's Nintendo, yeah. In the sense that it's just, um, at, at least as of we know, as of now, it's just multiplayer. Just it's online multiplayer. multiplayer, squad versus squad, yeah. third person shooter. Um, There's no classes, that's why I say it's not. Yeah. Right, just. It's, it's, you know how everyone used to say, oh man, Nintendo needs to make a shooter and get with the times. They should just take Mario and do like Mario Paintball. Well, someone at Nintendo heard them and went, we do Mario enough, it's okay. We're not going to do paint, we're going to do ink. 
and it's going to be a bunch of weird little squid people. And we're calling it Splatoon for Squid Platoon. And there you go. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. Or, or Splat Platoon, because the characters are Splat And why are they squids instead of Octopi? What was the reason they gave? They went on a whole long speech about that in the yeah, TS Live. Basically, it's just so, um, in the gamepad, or the whole, well, I guess you can have to explain, oh, should, I explain should we explain yeah, it first? Yeah, because like, then... it's territory control, like, you have to, whoever splats, whoever, I guess, splatters, like, the most ink on the terrain wins. Overall, and I guess throughout the map, you can see where your teammates are. Yep, on the game. And map. since your teammates are squids, if you see a squid, which is basically a triangle on your map, that's how you know what direction they're oh, facing. Oh, but if it's facing. an octopus, it's, it's yeah, not rounded. easy to spot. Yeah, right. so it's basically just so you can see what direction they're facing. That makes sense. Is it? It's always interesting how when Nintendo does gameplay before character. Yeah. Like that's their philosophy. Is they always want to do like they they explain this when they said why they're milking. Why you know people like why are you milking milk Mario? And Nintendo said all little girls. Just cause, like, no, there's guys. There's guys. There's guys in there too? I thought yep. it was all little girls. No, there's a couple guys. Oh, interesting. It's mostly girls. Because the hair can easily yeah. turn into tentacles. In fact, it looks like tentacles. They're like ponytail tentacles. Yeah. But, but yeah, that's the Nintendo's thing is they've... Uh, Miyamoto, I think it was, when someone said, why you make so many Mario games? It's, it's like we come up with a gameplay concept and we have put whatever character makes sense in it, be it a new one or an old one. Yeah, and it's usually Mario. It's usually Mario because he's a very versatile little chubby old man. You think about it, he must be old by now. He has to be like 40. He's like Ash. He doesn't age. I guess so. But, uh... Yeah, so like you said, it is basically a giant online turf war. Four versus four. You get multiple, uh, kind of a couple interesting things is, yeah, you're trying to splatter your ink on as much as you can. You get multiple weapons to do it throughout the game. There are bombs, there are guns, there are bazookas, and you just splash ink everywhere. And, paint rollers. Um, yeah, paint rollers. And the whole point is that you want to take up as much terrain as possible because when you're in your color, you move quicker. You actually can dive as a squid into your ink and just kind of swim around like double speed and doing that is how you replenish your ammo so it's crucial that you have ink around because you need to go into the ink to refill your ink container or whatever it's called so you can pop back out and fight some more and the other interesting thing is that um, to kind of counterbalance that uh, if you're in enemy ink you actually barely move. You're like bogged down. It's like super sticky and you can't really get out of it. So you also can't squidify into Yeah, you it. can't squidify. The cool thing about squidifying is, I should have mentioned this, is you can squidify on walls. Also, squidify is now officially a word. You can squidify on walls, almost like Mario Kart 8, like anti-grav stuff. So like, you're not just swimming around the ground. You can like go up and around someone on the wall if you spray it before you do it. And yep. they're, in the Treehouse Live video we were watching, um, they were showing stuff that like, you know, you can have like a whole arm, like a whole group of you moving together down one path or one person spraying the ink, which is, you know, an easy way to invade someone else's fortress, but you have to watch out, or else's part, but then you have to watch out because, like, the second they spray their color, suddenly you're all slowing down. So there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of different mechanics and strategies yeah. at play. It's not just a simple spray, like, shoot and spray. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that's really cool about well, it. I mean, the gamepad... The only other thing I could think of is, um, like, since it is, like, a turret... It's primarily a territory-based game. Like, you don't win by getting the most kills. I mean... You win by percentage of terrain that yeah, you Yeah, I, I mean, like, they do keep track of, like, oh, who had the most, like, input to the victory. Yeah. But, um, like, splattering the walls doesn't count towards the total. It's only, like, the ground you walk on. Yeah, the wall's more for, like, if you just need a quick yeah. maneuver. Just and you can also, like, paint... If you're if you're in squid mode, you could go through gates, you could go through fences, anywhere that the ink... Anywhere there's a gap that the ink can go through, in squid mode, you can Yeah, because you're like a squid made of ink, so you could... You're a completely yeah. flat squid, basically. Yeah. So you can go through anything, really, because you can just slip under. But, yeah, it or looks... Through, or yeah. through. Yeah, because yeah. you're like a liquid. 
yeah, 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 you're you're an algae bear, definitely. Uh, and then the game pack comes into play. As you mentioned, it does have the map at all times, and if you touch any of those triangles that you see on the map of your teammates, you actually go up and over the map and go right to them. So that's an interesting like dyna- like change in the. Uh, you know, in any sort of online shooter dynamic, and uh, yeah, like you usually is, can't just teleport into a fight. Yeah, you have to like make your way there. Yeah, there's preset spawn points. spawn points. There's spawn points. Right. They're usually like well within your territory, and you have to like run all the way back. Or yeah, but now you can literally jump into a fight at any moment. But of course, you also have to be conscious of if you're making that jump, it takes a minute. You literally arc up and over, which means you could land in what's now you, your opponent's ink color and not be able to really do much of anything and get killed right away. So there's definitely a lot of like stuff you have to think about when you act on it. And by the way, when they do that crazy jump like up and over the stage, the draw distance is so good. Like the graphics in this game are pretty good. I'm honestly not a big fan of the art style of the characters at all. It looks a lot like uh do you remember that Cartoon Network show Kids Next Door Codename Kids Next Door? Oh. The characters look like identical. They're like that cross of like Hey Arnold. <laughs> and I don't know, something about it, I just don't like the characters. I don't know. I, I I didn't mind. I thought it was I fine. think the I think the squids look cool. I like the little like cartoony squids they turn into and I really like the look of the game it's very uh, it's very like everything's very pristine know, and it gets very messy yeah, but know what you know when they were like when the game was big, first being announced like like oh wait is it Nickelodeon because it was just like oh it's a big orange plot and then they yeah. showed like the kid with like the gun I'm like oh this looks like kid next door yeah it looks a lot like it like and I don't know just something about the art style I will grow on me I'm sure but right now I'm kind of like these characters look funny uh, but the game or I did say the other thing about the gamepad that I wanted to say that I forgot um it does have motion controls, at least as an option, where you can peek, like, up, down, and around corners just by moving the gamepad. The camera will kind of pivot. So that's kind of a nice touch. Because if you're running around and you're using the sticks and whatever, and you're, you know, shooting, you can also really quickly just kind of snap your wrist and glance around a corner or glance above you. And just, like, an extra access you have access to. Yep. No pun intended there. So that's kind of cool. But, um, yeah, I think it's, uh, I mean, I originally, when we first saw it in the, direct, in the digital event, I immediately tweeted, okay, if you take the blob... In, and throw a first-person shooter with it into a blender, you're going to get this. And the more we saw of it in Treehouse Live, and they played it a lot in Treehouse Live, Nintendo is milking this game hard. They we know this could be so, big. We felt like we knew so much about it already. We watched like an hour of it. I'm not okay. And they demoed it like six more times over the rest of E3. Well, I mean, the people that were having a lot of fun, they are like, oh, let's go one more round. One oh, round. yeah, no, it was really fun and to watch. Like, no. no, I mean, I, yeah, we got tired of it, but it was fun to watch the first 17 rounds, <laughs> but... Yeah, it seems like it's going to be a really fun game, and Nintendo's milking it, but, um... What was my point I was going to make? Oh, yeah, it is, at the end of the day, basically, to Bob, plus, uh... A third-person shooter. I like to say Transformers, because that... Well, yeah, Cyber... War of Cybertron. Because that game was a third-person shooter, and you had the mobility, like... You can just shoot, transform into a plane, you're gone. Yeah. Yeah, I just say to Blob, because the way it's, like, all white levels that you then... Yeah. ...kind of mess up, literally. Um... But yeah, the, now I remember I was saying, the more we saw of it, the more true that felt to me that it was, basically, the spiritual successor to Blob. Uh, so yeah, I'm pretty excited for it. It's coming out, it's coming out first half next year, like I said. I, do, I can't help but wonder, though, is there going to be more than just online multiplayer? Nintendo's making this a very big release. They are pushing it hard. I can't, you can't already tell. So it makes me Retail? think... They ha- well, it, they haven't said, but they haven't said no. So it's I feel like it's going to be downloaded. I, I think why. it's got... No, the way they were pushing it... They were really, you know, the like some of the only swag they gave out their booth was like Splatoon pins. They gave us Splatoon pins and Smash Bros shirts. Those are the only things I know of. Huh. Like this is a big well, release. There, there were some maybe Smash Brothers pins because there was a Bullet Bill pin. Oh yeah, they had a couple some... Mario, Bullet Bill, Fire Flower, Mushroom. But yeah. the majority of pins were Splatoon. Like they're pushing mm. this thing. Like they kept coming back to it. This is probably the most played game in all of the Treehouse Live segment or all three days of Treehouse Live. 
Smash Bros. I think was even played less than this. So they are definitely pushing it. The question is, what else are you gonna add to it? Because I mean, quite frankly, we're gonna have a blast playing online. I don't doubt. Oh, ha, ha, a blast! And it's a shooter. Ha ha! I don't doubt that. Nope, we're not gonna have fun. But yes, yes, paying pretty picture, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, yeah, but I can't. I really think there has to be like something, right? Unless it's only a forty dollars game, then maybe not. But we'll find out. We have ha- we have at least half a year until it's coming out. Probably way more. So we shall see. Uh, but you know, you would think by now we're running out of games to talk about for 2015, right? We're not. We're really not. We have more. This one actually was supposed to come out this year and then got delayed to next year, and that's uh, X, which is now officially called Xenoblade Chronicles X. So, by the way, that was a very abrupt transition. I just realized. I'm like, yeah, we'll know more about Splatoon, and here's X. But, uh, yeah, so it's, I don't know why they had to call it X for so long when it was clearly from the start a Xenoblade sequel, and we knew it was a Xenoblade sequel, but here it is. Xenoblade Chronicles X, um, it looks, it, it's fine, when they first showed it in the They never showed event, the characters' faces, when there was first, when we first saw it with, like, blurry visions, I was like, okay, it looks cool, I see some space combat going on, but then when I saw the trailer, like, a, like a, a friend, yeah. yeah, like, a friend pointed it out first, like, they're like, oh, the characters are fugly, I'm like, what do you mean, and then, like, he's like, watch the trailer, yeah. and I'm watching, like, oh, wow. Like, but, you know, it's funny, it's the first second they showed it in the digital event, they did, like, a login screen that looked like it was easily the boot menu of, like, a Metroid Prime game. Yeah, even the music. Yeah, like, and uh, all of the us chanting. in the, like, there was a good, like, six or seven of us cry around the phone, or cry around, like, two phones at that point, and everyone's like, Metroid? 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 Oh, not Metroid. But, but that's not to say the game doesn't look good, excluding the faces. It just turns out to be, you know, its own super cinematic JRPG fest essentially, which, you know, fans of Xenoblade Chronicles are going to be, up, you know, super excited about, and it does another game with great draw distance, actually, not just Splatoon, but Xenoblade Chronicles looks really, like, that's a huge world, you can see. Um, so Nintendo hasn't really said much about the game. They showed a trailer in the Direct for a minute or two, and their press materials that I was browsing through were kind of vague. They did a nice 45-minute uh, Treehouse, uh, Treehouse Live demo, though, which we have posted a link to in the blog post for this episode. The thing about JRPG is it's really hard to sum up in a couple minutes. So I recommend if you have any interest in the game, just watch the video. They go way in-depth, and it's actually pretty cool. But some of the general I guess stuff... kind of the way you have to demo an RPG. Yeah, like. and it's smart. See, that's what's so great about Treehouse Live, is that like it gave them the chance to really dive into games and show stuff that a press conference or a press event can never show. Like, there's no way that Nintendo could literally go, hey guys, welcome to the Nintendo Digital Event. Here's Xenoblade uh, X for 45 minutes. When we come back, we'll show you two minutes of Smash Bros. and then we're out. Like, there's no way they could do that. It's kind of like how, I guess, going back to the other press conferences, like, a good majority of the games, like, were just CG trailers that we just know nothing about. Just that they're coming. Yeah, someone, I think it was uh, the journalist Jim Sterling, he made a good point that, like, the Treehouse Live really shows how confident Nintendo is in their games. That they're able to say, here's 45 minutes of our game. Here's 45 minutes of our other game. Here's an hour of this game. Versus here's a two-minute CGI trailer of a game that will probably look nothing like this when it comes out. Oh. Like, it shows a certain level of confidence that Nintendo can do that. And be like, yeah, we're literally going to show you 16 hours of our gameplay for the next three days. Yep. But, but about Xenoblade, there was some general information that came out of that Treehouse Live that was kind of um, good to know. You know, just... Stuff that even if you don't know too much about it, it's kind of like, oh, these are neat features. For example, fully customizable characters. Uh, Xenoblade Original Xenoblade had some of that, but they're fleshing out some more because you can now, you know, there's hair color, eye color, tattoos. Uh, apparently skin tones are not like just, you know, presets. It's like actually a slider, so you can make it exactly how you look, however you may look. 
Um, and with those characters, you're going to be able to use, once again, the real-time battle system. That's the core of it. And this one, they're going to have arts. I believe they had arts in the first one. Offensive and defensive attacks that relied on what they call uh, technical points. So it's real-time battle system, kind of Tales of Symphonia-ish. And you have um, those points that are basically like your currency for doing attacks. But what's new in this one, from what I can tell at least, correct me if I'm wrong in the comments on the site, guys, is that uh, your, cla your character class can now switch on the fly even in battle. So if you only have X number of technical points and you want to do, do a, you know, and you're looking at what your class has and there's nothing, there's no good arts you can do, you can now just go, let me do this other class real quick and completely switch your moveset on the fly and do something else, which kind of opens up a lot more possibilities for how you approach things in the game, which is kind of mm. neat. I've never seen a JRPG do anything like that, where it's like literally, you're just like, let me just literally well, change everything. Yeah, but... <laughs> That is really weird, especially because well, usually uh, at least that's how I interpreted Nintendo. Well, I mean, I mean, if, I mean, if it is that way, that's that's interesting. Just because um, usually like JRPGs like stick to classes because usually the classes are tied to a character that is kind of designed around that kind yeah. of class. Like, oh, you have this thief-looking guy. Well, obviously he's gonna have to be a thief the whole time through. Yeah, but I guess because the characters are so customizable from the start, like you can literally do everything about how they look. It's kind of like, well, how well, how would we limit their class if you're picking how they look? Like it doesn't have that theming quite the same way so um so there's that which is actually really interesting and then there's also the premise which i believe is i don't think ac the original xenoblade had quite this extreme of a premise so it's very battlestar galactica actually so um there's a big war between alien races on earth somehow earth became the battlefield so we leave on two giant what they call arc ships the human the humans that remain are just like we're out we need to find a new home we leave just like battlestar galactica and uh, one of these ships gets knocked out of orbit and crash lands on this on a planet, and that's where this game starts. When you when the game begins, you wake up in like a escape pod thing, hmm. and you pick your character in the escape pod, and then they come out and explore the world. So your goal is basically to, from what I can tell, is to explore this world. It's a giant open world; everything's accessible, and that's where that flying mech from the original teaser comes in, because that's your transportation around the world when you need to go big distances. It's your opponent of Xenoblade Chronicles X. So, um, your opponent, if you will. Yeah, it's your opponent, if you will. And uh, it's like a living, breathing world. Like, there's all sorts of creatures, there's dinosaurs, there's like little bugs, there's all sorts of stuff you're going to encounter and fight, which is in some ways taking a cute kind of from Monster Hunter. So, it's like they're really bringing together a whole bunch of different stuff to make this like really big deal JRPG. And, uh, I mean, personally, I'm not the biggest JRPG fan. I like the real time battle systems more than the turn based, so that, you know, that kind of has my interest. But I think it's just great that we're getting a game like this on Wii U. I'm glad Nintendo. One owns Monolith Soft, and two is funding this because we needs these sort of games. It, you know, it can't just be strictly traditional first-party Nintendo games, or else it's only going to hit a threshold of how high it will sell. But if you have stuff like this, if you have stuff like Bayonetta Two, which we'll get to, if you have you know these more out there things, or not out there, but more like stuff you're used to seeing on PlayStation, I guess yeah. the best way, like PS2, uh, then you know they can branch out a little, and that's good for the Wii U as a whole. So I know a lot of people are excited about the game, so I did want to touch on it. And it does look pretty cool, minus the faces. But that that's Xenoblade Saga, or Xenoblade Chronicles, excuse me, X. Um, the one last game coming out in 2015 that we have to talk about, and everyone's probably like, why did it take you so long to talk about this, is The Legend of Zelda for Wii U, the granddaddy of the 2015 lineup by far. Uh, first of all, it looks stunning. I'm just going to say that up front. But we don't really know anything about it. Here's what we do know. In the digital event... Uh, Eiji Anuma, the series producer, went on this little rant about how, like, Zelda used to be about open world exploration. In the old school 2D Zeldas, you know, you can, like, 
NES Zeldas. You go up, down, left, right, any screen, any time, enter any dungeon, any time. You choose... The adventure is... It's the adventure of getting there, not the... Desti- like, the... What's the word I'm looking... You know what I'm trying to say? Like, the, uh... No, the journey, it's about the journey, not the destination. There we yeah. go. So, so he's trying to translate that into the Wii U version, which means all of the new Hyrule. Anything you see, you can get to at any time. You choose Skyrim? how you get... Well, they, that's what Skyrim Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I thought you said Skyloft, and I was oh. like, well, I don't know if that's there. Yeah, it's kind of like Zelda, got, Zelda does Skyrim. But yeah, uh, it sounds like... Because he was like, yeah, those mountains in the way background, yeah, you can go there whenever you want. So like, part of the puzzles is just figuring out how you're going to get to a place and choose to get there. It's not linear. It's not even like a link between worlds where it's kind of like you, one of three, you pick it. It's like the next step or really the, you know, a step back to old Zelda. So um, that's all I really said about gameplay. Nintendo then showed a pretty brief but completely rendered by the in-game engine trailer of a person on a horse in this great-looking meadow that then gets struck by some sort of laser beaming shoot laser beam shooting bad guy thing that thing reminds me of like the furnace monster thing from oh it wasn't oh my bad it wasn't not a furnace it was like a cage from beauty and the beast that walked i'm sure that's what they were going for (laughs) i'm sure it was yeah it had to be oh just weird yeah what what struck me as interesting is the laser that's not very normal Zelda lasers. I mean, I know they have the guys with the eyes that shoot the yeah, lasers. Yeah, I think the boys. But but I guess the real laser. Let me describe it's it. It's just outdoors now. Yeah, no, no, no. Here's the thing where it gets a little more interesting. I guess is that uh, so. Okay, so this character gets chased through the woods riding a horse who is apparently not Epona, uh, and then ends up being cut off by the monster. Things are exploding. The character jumps off the horse. Pulls out a bow and arrow, which has its own blue laser-looking thing. And the bow and arrow looks kind of tech-y. Like, I know Skyward Sword dabbled in, like, futuristic tech, and it looks like this kind of goes down that road again. Like, I wouldn't call it steampunk or anything, but there's definitely, like, a fusion of, like, traditional Zelda and a hint of technology. Or maybe it's, like, oh, it's, like, ancient technology because... Well, yeah, it could be... I'm just saying, like, the tech element. Yeah. Because, like, when he pulled out that bow and arrow... Yeah, that was definitely like high tech. Yeah, like high tech Yeah, like flipped like open a blue, and charged. Like a shiny blue blade came out. And I th- yeah, and I think that's super significant that they showed that like tech element. I don't know how, in what way, but it's definitely significant. Anyway, he then shot the arrow, and that's it. <laughs> Trailer ends. Not coming out till next year. They the goal is to have it playable at next D three. So, the wait begins. But what is interesting, and why I kept saying this person is there is a lot of rumbles on the internet that maybe it's not Link, maybe it's someone different. And what, and you know what fueled that in part is this character had a ponytail. This character was a little more feminine than usual. Um, people were like, "Is this a girl? Is this like who is this?" And what really made it worse was Eiji Anuma told VentureBeat, uh, and I quote: "No one explicitly said that that was Link. That's all he said." So of course the internet's like, "What?" and went like berserk, and everyone's like, "Wait, so is it a girl?" And like VentureBeat's even like, "Hey, he is wearing the Wind Waker shirt." Could he, is he related to that Link? Is he the kid of that Link? Is he like a distant cousin who got the shirt? The girl, the shirt is it a hand-me-down to Link's little brother? Like, what is that? Why does he have the Wind Waker shirt? What's doesn't have a lobster on it. But it's the same basic blue pattern. And when they asked him, Venture B even said, we asked him, E.G. Numa what the connection with the shirt is, and all I did was smile. So there's some, I know it doesn't have the lobster, but it's the same, everything but the lobsters. Yeah, identical. but I mean, like, Obviously, if he smiles, he's gonna be like, "Oh, look at these people making these connections." They're right. That's connected. yeah. That's yeah. Which is why he teased that stupid thing. And it turns out the tease was, see, the internet got all riled up, and then Numa was like, "Ooh, I better settle them back down." So he explained in a second interview, uh, which just happened, I think Thursday, 
uh, he told Australian gaming site NMMG that the vague comment was a joke. He, I'm just going to read what he said. It's not that I said that it wasn't Link. It's that I never said that it was Link. It's not really the same thing, but I can understand now how it could be taken that way. So basically, they're like, who is, is that Link? And he's like, we never said it was Link. <laughs> Meaning, we, we're not going to tell you, but but he basically, see, the, then MMMG sort of stupidly ran the article. Like, if you look at the title of the article, it's something like, that was Link, in quotes. Nowhere in the article does Anuma say that was Link. He just said, of course Link is going to be shown in the Zelda trailer. So that, I mean, it's, he's saying that was Link, but he's not saying the words that was Link, but it's Link. Yeah. I just find that interesting that they kind of put words in out there. But um, it is Link. He said that they can't show Zelda without showing, like, a Zelda game without showing Link. But Link definitely looks a little more feminine, so there's, that's what kind so of So did the Link and Hyrule Warriors in the first they, they trailer. They scaled it back, though. Yeah, that's a like, lot. He, he looks a lot more traditional now but yeah. the first trailer he looked very feminine the first trailer it was the eyes something about and, the way the eyes and I would say like the face the eyes and the nose really oh. but uh, so yeah the face <laughs> two thirds of the face but yeah I just thought that whole thing first of all Numa's getting very crafty in his ways he's so good at he's mastered the art of like teasing Zelda he's, fans he's picking up on some Sakurai yes he's, he's, he's got some Sakurai in him now some good trolling in him but I, I just thought that was really funny that like there was literally like a explosion of speculation and Anuma's like oh just kidding I, I didn't want that to happen so so yeah it's I, it's the game looks gorgeous though like absolutely gorgeous you know regardless of who this bow wielding arrow high tech arrow shooting elf man woman in a Wind Waker shirt is the game looked gorgeous like I love the art style I love how they took the pastel like painted look of Skyward Sword and kind of plopped it on top of the fine detail that you usually see in a Twilight Princess yeah, Ish. It, graphic the graphics just remind me of like a really cleaned up version of um, like the Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm games on the PS. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah, they're like, they're essentially it's like cel shaded like, but detailed. Yeah, it looks like a really like a moving and like a video game anime. It looks amazing. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited, and it's also interesting that um, that what was I gonna say? That, that like what, no, it's it's also interesting how like. It's not just like it was detailed. Like it wasn't just like oh, there's blades of grass. It's like when you zoomed in on stuff, when they like showed Link up close, he had like individual stitching in his. You could see like seams in his shirt. You could see like little zigzags of yarn and stuff. It was detailed, yet it still had that kind of washed over pastel look. It's interesting how they were able to pull that off. Very cool. But of course, we probably won't be seeing it until like holiday 2015, which is what sucks. And we know nothing about it. Yeah, it's gonna be like a November game or something. For sure. For sure. Um, How could it not? You know, in fact, actually, most of the games we discussed thus far, we're not going to be seeing until next and, year. Which kind of makes you wonder what's coming this year. And, uh, I mean, we have Captain Toad, we have Smash Bros, and we already have the confirmed... Presumably. Yeah, unless it gets delayed. They said holiday, so it is currently set for this year. And Amiibo's going to launch alongside it, so they kind of need it for their holiday sales boost. Oh, man, that'd be big. Bad if it got them, delayed. Yeah. If Captain Toad becomes be their, hol- their big holiday game, they have a problem. But they do have other games to fall back on, though. But they're yeah, not going. Bayonetta's October. Yeah, that's what I said. They Bayonetta and Hyrule Warriors, both of which they did detail a little bit more in the digital event. So we should probably just go over those new tidbits. Um, first up is Hyrule Warriors, which comes out first out of the two in September. It's the next major Wii U game to be released by Nintendo, um, excluding Wii Sports Club, which is halfway out on digital anyway. So we're not going to count that. But the next major Nintendo release is Hyrule Warriors. So. Um, Really, in the digital event and in the Treehouse Live stuff, they kind of showed what we already talked about last episode. You know, they talked about things like um, the idea of having Zelda-style bosses within a Dynasty, Dynasty Warriors environment, the idea of having Impa playable, the, uh, you know, that sort of thing. But what they, they specified in direct, at, sorry, the digital event that's new 
is Zelda's playable. That's one thing. Co-op not only exists, but it's split between screens, so no one has to look at split, split screen. Because, you know, when you have, like, 150 enemies coming at you, you need your full field of vision. So both screens are widescreen. One person's on the gamepad, one person's on the TV. Both have the full view. And the other thing they showed was uh, Midna is also playable from Twilight Princess. Yeah. Which makes you wonder, okay, so they have Skyloft-looking thing in the artwork that we talked about last episode. They have Midna as a playable character. They have Impa as a playable character. Zelda, who in the plotline gets kidnapped, is somehow a playable character. Uh, what is going on in terms of, like, the timeline? Like, how, where does this fit into Zelda? Now, before you ask, or before I ask, I probably shouldn't have even bothered, because E.G. Numa has told Game Informer it does not fit into the timeline. As he put it, it's not, uh, it's an alternate dimension in his mind. It's not official canon. Yes, it's like a time, but he compared it to, like, the Avengers, where they could be doing their own thing in their own storylines, but then when they all come together into one big adventure, you're like, oh yeah, that's a reference to that, or oh yeah, I remember Iron Man doing this in the movie, Actually, the movie's a bad example. Comic book's a yeah, bad example. Yeah, because um, the movies Avengers come together. Actually the, mo- the Avengers movies do. The comic books don't. The comic books, they often, you know, be like Iron Man's like, hey, remember when Iron Man fought, like, I don't know, a war machine? And he got that, he did that one thing? Yeah, we're going to reference it here, but we're going to pretend he didn't do the war machine fight. We're just going to reference that thing he does. Mm-hmm. They do that a lot in comic books. So, um, he's saying treat it like that. There's references to all sorts of games. There's going to be all sorts of cool little thrown-in things, but it's not going to be an official timeline. It's not going to be canon. It's just kind of a one-off, fan service extravaganza of references. Hmm. Which is fine with me. I mean, because hmm. like, it would get kind of messy if the game turned out to not be great, but then somehow it's stuck in canon. It'd be like, this is an extreme example. Imagine if like the CDI Zelda game somehow had to be official canon and in the timeline. In ten years, Nintendo would be like, oh, why'd we put that in the timeline? So they're probably giving themselves an out. I don't think the game's going to be bad. I just... You know, it's going to be repetitive for sure. Probably. Yeah. So so the game comes out September 26th, which is actually pretty soon. Um, only a couple months from now. And it, it looks fun, but it also looks like Dynasty Warriors, which means it's going to get repetitive pretty fast, I'm worried. But we'll yeah. see. Unless you're into that, because I mean, obviously something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That. I mean, I, to be honest, I never played more than a single level of a Dynasty Warriors game, so I mean, I'm going to buy this. Or maybe the fact we'll that it's it will keep you entertained the whole time. Yeah, I mean, the fact that they have the custom boss battles should help. At least yeah, somewhat. and I really like the idea of that active battlefield where you're like fighting a battle in one place, they ask for help in another, and yeah. you do two, it's like, oh, do I go this way, do I go that way? Oh, yeah, that's something I didn't even think of mentioning is the fact that, like, yeah, they're good, the, all the characters are doing their own thing at their own time, and you have to kind of decide who to help when, almost Star Fox style, where it's like, if you don't help them, they might die. So, um, so that's Hyrule Warriors. The other game that's coming out this fall, confirmed, that we haven't talked about yet, is, as you mentioned, Bayonetta 2 in October. And uh, the big news out of the digital event is that Bayonetta 2 is actually one of two Bayonettas coming in October. That's a really awesome and smart move on their part. It's extremely smart. So Bayonetta 2 will come both digital and retail. That's been confirmed. It used to it was only retail originally, but now Nintendo's confirmed digital as well. Both of them are going to come with Bayonetta 1 included for free. So far, the only game on the Wii U that, like, the sequel was announced first for it and actually got part one as yeah. opposed to every other game that we got like part three or whatever. Yeah, well the difference nothing. is Nintendo's funding know, this yeah. one and more of the point, the, the producer of the game, I'm blanking on his name, but the guy um, from Platinum. How are you? Yeah, yeah, he, uh, he has been saying that he wanted to do this forever. So they actually contracted it out to a third party that they were close, or another developer that they were close with and spent the last year and a half porting over Bayonetta 1 to match how Bayonetta 2, Bayonetta 2 will work which means the same 60 frames per second, the same off-TV play, the same uh, option for easier touch-based controls. Like, everything. It's literally like you're getting two games in one, both optimized for Wii U. 
And the original and for like, and it's like one point five. You get like crazy Nintendo yep. Easter eggs. Yeah, I was about to say they're, and they're making it. They're Nintendoizing it, so it's a little something special even for fans who already played it. Um, it's not just Easter eggs; they actually affect gameplay. Bayonetta can dress as Link, uh, Samus, and Peach. or Princess Peach. Well, and in, each in her one, own style. <laughs> yeah, in her in her own unique Bayonetta oversexed way, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and each has things that you can do like if you're Link you have a sword and you can use it as a weapon and then when the enemies fall you collect rupees yeah, the rupees the don't cur- do anything but make a little rupee sound but well I mean it, it's like it changes the way the currency looks oh it completely yeah yeah because oh, okay. they have currency I misunderstood in the game. that then so yeah. you buy a rupee then when you're doing Samus there's like halos when you right uh, okay when you're Mario you collect coins right okay I didn't realize it changed the whole and currency. normally she'll like summon demons when she's doing her finishers but when yeah. you're in the peach costume she'll summon Bowser punches and kicks and stuff like that so they had some fun with it and when you're Samus um, you could um, make the visor come down and up and down whenever yeah. you want yeah that was in the trailer I saw that yeah but so yeah they're, they're having some fun with it but it's, it's a really cool addition it's a great way to get fans more interested because like in my case for example I've never played Bayonetta 1 so I, I probably was going to pick up Bayonetta 2 anyway because it was really fun at Comic Con last year but I'd have no idea what's going on I wouldn't know the plot I'd be super lost games like that are already kind of confusing so I feel like it would have just been a nightmare but now I can at least have some sense of a plot. The one thing I will say, though, is I hate the giant Bayonetta included sticker they put on the box. It looks really bad. They need to redesign it. You know, it's a minor complaint. You know, you know who else wants something redesigned? Okay, what's his name? Kamiya. Yeah, he hates the new box art. They changed the crescent moon to a full moon. They added yellow for no reason, and they t- changed the coloring of the two in the logo, and didn't bother telling him any of those things. And he's like, guys, guys, this is like, we made it look like this on purpose. Like, the moon and the crescent, that's supposed to mirror the logo. It's like, it's iconic, and yeah. Yep. So now he's a little little annoyed at Nintendo. Um, but yeah, the Banner 2 uh, is out. Not We don't know exactly when, but sometime in October. And we and Nintendo did make one little stealthy announcement after the, after the I keep saying direct, after the digital event. And that is the inclusion of a two-player online co-op mode, which I almost forgot to mention, but it's definitely worth bringing up. It's called Tag Climax. We don't really know much, much about it beyond the fact that you're fighting side-by-side. But you can also wager in-game currency to see who the better fighter is. To me, that sounds like it's some sort of boss, like boss enemy rush mode, or you know, either boss fights or just like standard respawning enemies, Dynasty Warrior style. I don't know. But either way, the fact that you can like put down real in-game money and actually like have a, a bet going on who's better at the game is kind of a, a nice twist on the standard mode. Yeah, I know what we're gonna be doing the whole time. What are we gonna be doing the whole time? Betting each other yeah. or? Well, see, you know you'll win. I'm bad at games. <laughs> Let's be honest. I'm bad at games. We don't know that in this game, even though I already played Bayonetta 1. Almost. See, I haven't played Bayonetta 1, so um, you'll, you'll win. I'm going to only bet like one coin, rupee... Shilling. Shilling, whatever it is, yeah. But uh, it is... It's, so, so that's coming October, and it is worth mentioning that this isn't the last of the like weird, mature game collab- collaborations that Nintendo's doing. I only call them weird because it's so on Nintendo. They announced after the Direct... That they're also um, doing, going to be publishing Devil's Third, which previously was a PS3 and Xbox 360 tile that was going to come from THQ, and then THQ went bankrupt, so the game was put on hold. I was about to say, maybe arguably a more mature game than Bayonetta. Oh, but, but, way more mature. But, but then I'm like, oh, like kind of yes and no. Like it's more like this it's is more in your face. This is more mature on the like on the bloody like killing side, and Bayonetta is more on the. Sexualized uh, theme side. No, no, no. I would argue that. Oh, a, actually, no, you're right. I'd argue Devil's Third is more mature yeah. in general. I'll put it this way: the trip. Well, first, it's from uh, you gotta tell me what the pronunciation. Is. The guy that used to run Team Ninja, uh, Tomonobu, Tomonobu 
Itagaki. I think I got it. Itagaki. Close enough. I T A G A K I. Itagaki. I'm sure he won't mind. Yeah, he, he won't. Tried. He he won't know the difference. He's in, he's back in Japan. Uh, apparently something went wrong with development. He had to race back to Japan. Couldn't even stick around for Nintendo's Treehouse Live demo of the game on Thursday. But but anyway, so it's from Itagaki of Team Ninja, and he uh, he's known for being a little like I, I, these are this is the guy that did Ninja Guy and Dead or Alive. This is the guy that made Jiggle Physics of things. So just keep that in mind. So the trailer, for example, it showed like you know all sorts of like uh, there's they're cursing up a storm. There's blood everywhere. There's sex. There's like sex scenes. There were or like implied sex scenes. There's like drinking and smoking, and it's very un Nintendo. Not that there's a problem with that. It's just kind of funny to see Nintendo put that out under their name. Like I've never seen Nintendo do that before. But uh, the game itself actually is kind of an interesting concept. It, he's ma- he's uh, mashing up a whole bunch of different genres. So there's some third person melee, uh, melee combat where you're like using a sword, kind of Ninja Gaiden style. There's some third person duck and cover gameplay. So like. Gears of War, like, that style. I mean, a little faster pace, but that style, like, you're hiding and then you peek around and shoot. And then there's first-person shooting that almost looks like it's taking out Call of Duty or something, and they're all kind of interwoven as you go through levels and play online. And online's actually the big... There's gonna be single-player, but online seems to be, like, the big interesting hook in that, um... Nintendo's been kind of vague about it. They describe it as it blends clan-based action, resource management, and strategy. That's what they were running with for, like, the first two days of E3. Then on the last afternoon of Treehouse Live, literally an hour before it ended, they finally showed the game off, and they showed a new multiplayer trailer, and they talked about it a bit more, and it turns out it's kind of a Turf War thing. Sort of like Splatoon, but without the paint. So you have bases. You can fully customize your bases. You need to fully customize your bases because of the single-player plot, which we'll talk about in a minute. And then what you're doing is you're trying to storm each other's bases. So that's, you know, you're doing it as in, you're doing it with your sword, doing it with your gun, first person, third person, all that. And it's also kind of wacky. So all that's happening. And then, you know, someone might throw a watermelon at you. Or there might be, like, butterflies getting in the middle of your scope while you're trying to shoot. Or, like, random little thing, Or, like, a chicken. Like, it's just we're kind of this just, weird We're still talking chaotic... about double third, right? What? Yeah. Right. Are you just, like... Just making sure. Yeah. But it's just, like, this weird... Why? No, no, it just sounded... We were, like, based on, like, the first trailer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in the, no, the multiplayer, when they showed the multiplayer footage, it looked nothing like, uh... Like, nothing like the first trailer. I'm like, is this the same game? But apparently the whole idea of the bases, and, and it's gonna be online, and there's gonna be, like, a level editor, supposedly, and character customization, and all such a, sorts of other stuff. Um, but... The premise behind it, and this is what ties into the core premise of the game, is that you're in a world that's been thrown into chaos because some satellites collided in outer space and there's now radioactive fallout and there's no electricity and everything's like gone to hell and basically there's always warring factions trying to establish control in different cities around the world and in different countries and everything so you, that's why there are bases that's why you fight each other and a big part of all this is recruiting people so you will actually be able to make propaganda and like disperse it into the game world and in return the game will shoot propaganda at you if you're doing really good or really bad so if you're playing online and you suck, it will literally start raining down leaflets with pictures of like chickens and calling you names and stuff. Hmm. So that's kind of funny. But uh, yeah, it's an interesting approach. The problem is the game looks a little janky in its current state. It's definitely early in development. You could tell the game was like, you know, basically what happened, according to Igaki in, I think, an IGN interview or something, is he's saying, yeah, THQ went under, we shopped the game around, Nintendo kind of saw it and was like, yeah, we get your vision, we totally support, we're behind 100%, and they just picked up the publishing duties. So it wasn't like Nintendo seeked this out as much as he brought it to them. But 
with Nintendo guiding them, and now that they're back on track and have funding again, hopefully it will be polished up and actually turn into something good. Mm-hmm. Time will tell. Polish, uh, polishness is a Nintendo standard, even though... Yeah, although sometimes it um, slips through. Yeah, I mean... The, yeah. yeah the, the Nintendo sale quality wasn't a guaranteed it's going to be a good game. Yeah. Kind of but either way, it's still a very interesting game in concept, and I also think that, it, much like I said about Xenoblade Chronicles X, it's good to have this... And Banner 2, it's good to have, I mean, 2 in both senses also, and the number 2 because it's a sequel. It's good to have uh, a diverse lineup like this. Like, there is no online, like, game of this sort for Wii U, and there probably won't be. So it's good that Nintendo's like, well, we need to fill that void. Plus, it just sounds insane. Yeah. And it looks insane. And it'll probably be insane. Itagaki's games are always insane. So I'm cautiously optimistic. I don't even know if it has a release date at all. It might be 2015. It might just be the future. But they're welcome to take as long as they want to clean it up. But uh, potential is certainly there. Um, now there is... That's pretty much all that Nintendo announced formally at the digital event and immediately after. But of course there was one very big component that was missing from all of this. And that is a guy who goes by the name of, Miyamo- of Shigeru Miyamoto. It's about time we get to this part. Yes, time. And, and what's the weirdest part of this is time leaked. The st- these three Mimo made three games that were on the show floor or had three demos on the show floor and Time leaked them about two hours before the digital event and everyone's like oh my god these are the big games Time spoiled the digital event then Nintendo doesn't even mention them in the digital event Star Fox one of the three cool. it was it was super cool I was like oh great we actually have surprises still that's awesome but Star Fox had a blurry 30 second tease at the end of the digital event and that was it there's nothing else so, um... It wasn't even a proper tease. It was just, like, Shigeru playing it, but they never quite showed the game. It was yeah. just kind of, like... It's literally blurred out. It's supposed to be, like, what? what is this? Oh, I guess it looks like Star Fox? Yeah, because they were teasing that would be more information throughout the week, which there was. The game was playable by the press. And uh, I now I use, I use the game... <laughs> the term game kind of loosely, because the thing with Star Fox is, uh... kind of lack content and polish and anything. Like, some of the art definitely looked unfinished, according to the impressions I was reading. And uh, it wasn't even originally going to be at E3. Apparently, Miyamoto decided to bring it to E3 as a way to motivate Nintendo and the developers to actually progress on it and get it done in a timely manner. Because if fans know about it, they're going to want it. Otherwise, it could be sitting on the back burner forever. So that's why he then said, bring it to E3. Let's do this. So because it's in that state, it's not exactly the most amazing game at the moment. But we do know the key component of what makes it a Wii U Star Fox. And that's the control scheme. It's going to use the gamepad. The TV will show your standard behind the view, or behind the R-Ring view, and the gamepad will have a first-person cockpit view. And instead of turning the ship to aim, you know, using a control stick or whatever, you're moving the gamepad with the gyro to aim. So if someone's shooting you from, if someone's coming at you from the left, turn the gamepad to the left, hit the shoot button, that's how you'll shoot so, them. And the cockpit will shift, and you'll see, like, I presume the gun So best case scenario, you want to be sitting in a spinny chair, so if someone's right behind you, you just spin around? Well, no, you do a, you, you can't shoot. You would have to do a somersault, like in normal Star Fox. Mm. Yeah. Or you can turn the ship around. Because the ship still turns. It's just if you want to aim... You can aim... Basically, you can aim separate from ship movement now. It's like a first-person shooter where there's two... Which makes directions. Sense. It kind of does, yeah. So so there's that. Um, Nintendo showed off the control scheme with three different demo levels. There's an open, like, kind of free range, like, just do barrel rolls and somersaults level where you just got used to looking around and controlling... Then there was a dogfight against Star, uh, the Star Wolf team, actually specifically just Wolf, where you got to put the concept of TV plus gamepad to the test in the sense that, like, on the TV you can see when Wolf is behind you. You can't see that on the gamepad. 
Mm. So you would, you know, that's how you know, oh, Wolf was coming up behind me. Now you, you spin around, use the gamepad to aim at him and shoot. And then the third one was really different. Uh, you're in a city. You're controlling a helicopter. And there's this strange Godzilla-esque creature trying to destroy a city. And you're using the helicopter to drop little robots down onto, the gra- onto like, rooftops and on the ground and stuff that collect parts that then do something. I'm not quite sure. So when you're flying the helicopter... You know, it's whatever, it's standard, third person view on the TV and whatnot. But when you move the robot down to the ground, then on the gamepad, you're in the first person mode of the robot. So you're looking ahead of you at the rooftop or whatever and collecting what you need to collect and moving around that way. Meanwhile, the TV, I believe, is still showing your helicopter up in the air. So, new vehicle for Star Fox, which is cool, but it sounds different. (laughs) Not bad, just different. So, um... Beyond that, we really don't know a whole lot. I mean, Miyamoto insists the game's coming out in 2015. Yeah. But it's very early on. He then went on to say... He said they're hard at work. And then he went on to say that they're still trying to find a development partner. Hmm. So how hard at work can they be if they're looking for an outside developer? And yeah. is that going to mean Namco again? I mean, oh. they did the last one. And yeah, they're doing Smash Bros. way too early for me to be... I mean, like, I already kind of made my, like, eh, I guess I don't really care too much about a decision. Right. But that's just because, I guess, based on that... Like, a few seconds of footage, which is, like, a horrible thing to judge a game on. That's Yeah, it really is. <laughs> but, I mean, like, I don't know. It, I, I feel like just because of the fact that they just made a Star Fox 64, and that's, like, kind of the game that everyone wants, which is yeah. kind of the game I don't want. Like, if it's going to be that, then I probably would just pass. Well, the good news it's more is that it's more than that. Well, it's sort of more than that. What Miyamoto's confirmed and, is And I'm not sure if it's just on rails, because I'm not really a fan of on rails well, games. Well, that, so. that might be. What Miyamoto confirms is going to have the uh, aerial combat as a normal Star Fox game as well does, as well as valley combat, which is like in Star Fox 64 when you're underwater and you're in a tank on the ground. Apparently, they refer to that as valley gameplay. Yeah. So those are the two that's confirmed. But, obviously, it's very early in development, and then you have that weird robot thing which is some, in a helicopter, which is something totally different. So, there might be some more diverse yeah. gameplay. Uh, I just he... really hope they bring back... I really thought they were the whole, like, changing between vehicles thing, just to make, like, the map... Because uh, they were just maps It before. sounds like they're not going... I know. Well, he didn't outright say it, but I'll put it this way. He was describing how the game... We have so little time in our lives now to sit down and play Lost Samac experiences. I'm just kind of paraphrasing. So what we're going to do is we're going to make every mission selectable from the start. You can just jump into a mission and play it and then leave the mission. There will be an overarching storyline, but each mission is its own thing that you can choose to play. If they're doing that, I seriously doubt they're going to have changeable vehicles. Because that kind of goes against the idea of you just jump into a mission, you do it, you leave. Yeah. But I could be wrong. Uh, it just sounds to me like it's like a mission would be like a standard on rails level. And then I you remember, do the next one and you just go down the road. I remember that was so cool where like, when you had to fight the, what they were calling the Aperoids, you were like in this like... Yep. Mind temple looking level, like, oh, there, there's too many in the sky, so you jumped on your ship, took out them in the sky, then you get off your ship, go inside the temple, yeah. take some out in there, go into your tank. Oh. Well, I'm kind of the opposite of you, though, because, like, I mean, I, I do remember that, that was pretty fun, but, like, you were saying how you're only into it if it has more, like, than just on rails. For me, I'm just super Especially excited. for the multiplayer, it made, that mechanic made the multiplayer, like, 85 times more fun. Like, I can only... Oh, I can, I can see them doing it. Like, 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 even without that, like, just regular dogfights, like, I don't know, like, regular Star Fox just gets boring to, for me, like, after, like, one or two matches. Yeah, they need to do online if they're gonna do it. I don't know how they forgot that in 3DS, in the 3DS one. But, um... But yeah, I personally love classic Star Fox. I've said it on the show before. We've had this debate on the show before, but Star Fox 64 is one of my favorite N64 games. In the last episode. No, I think we talked about it on one of the real episodes, oh. not our our fake pilot that we never posted two, three years ago. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so I'm pretty excited about this. I mean, 
it in theory it's gonna be really cool, but at the same time, yeah, I'm a li- I guess I'm a little concerned now that I think about it, because like, I feel like we're we're at a point right now where it sounds like the game might just be trying to prove a control scheme more than being like a Star Fox game. So I'm excited about the potential of Star Fox game, but I'm also worried that like, what if it is just like a giant tech demo of look guys, we can do this thing where you have two different views with the gyro and the gamepad, and uh, you'll love it. Like I'm a little worried they might focus on that too much. And uh, Emily Rogers, you know that Nintendo. I don't know what her connection to Nintendo is. She's like an indie outreach person that works outside of Nintendo. But she was saying on Twitter that like Star Fox has this long history of kind of being like a tech demo platform for Nintendo. You know, like Command. They made it a turn. They made it like a touchscreen based like strategy game at times, specifically to mess with the touchscreen. Or like 64 3D. It was just made to show off the 3D. Or like you know. So it's. And that there probably wasn't a Wii version because they couldn't think of a clever way to use the Wiimote for it. So I'm a little concerned that she's right and that this might just be like a glorified tech demo. Hmm. Hopefully not. But uh, but we'll see. Probably this... would it be. What? I think probably will be. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't uh, it, it doesn't help that apparently it's out in a year even though it's in this crazy unfinished state. So that just makes me think more that's like, yeah, there's going to push out a tech demo. But we'll see. There were two other games Miyamoto showed, both of which were definitely more <laughs> demo than anything else. They don't even have names. First up is Project Giant Robot. And weirdly enough, it's another Miyamoto Wii U game that involves a giant thing attacking a city. In Star Fox, there's a Godzilla-looking creature. In this one, there's giant robots. And uh, what you do is you take control of one of these robots, and you battle against another one, and whoever knocks the other guy over first wins. It actually looks a lot. Very reminiscent of Godzilla Destroy All Monsters Melee in terms of how you just like are toppling down a city and it's kind of like an above angle on the TV. Yeah, just a lot slower. A lot slower. And it also kind of reminds me of the Robo Ape guy from uh, Tank Tank Tank. It's like a balance game slash. Yeah, yeah, it's like a balancing act combined with like robots. Yeah. So, um, much like Star Fox as well, it also has the first person, third person perspectives. So on the gamepad, you're looking through the helmet of the robot, you see it's in front of you. On the TV, it's almost like you're watching it from a news helicopter or something. Like, it's a sweeping camera moving around. In fact, Nintendo used the uh, analogy of, it's like a news crew is filming the action. So you're in the robot, and they can see what the TV, what what people at home are watching as they watch their city get destroyed. Um, But another comparison Nintendo made, which kind of fits your balancing, is they also compared it to sumo wrestling. How it plays, at least. Because how it works is uh, you control your robot using the gamepad, both motion and control sticks. So for control sticks, you control each arm individually, and that's how you can kind of like push people, you know, push both sticks forward and you can push the robot down. But you use the motion, the gyro of the gamepad, to basically angle yourself and move in different directions and whatnot, and that's done with giant sweeping motions of gamepad up and down. You kind of have to like put your momentum into it, like you're kind of like leaning back and it goes up, or leaning forward and it goes down. Kind of like how sumos have to like lean into their attacks. It's not just as simple as I'm like bonking into a guy they have to like build that momentum of their body into the guy so nintendo's trying to replicate that now granted you could very easily just move the gamepad around without leaning your body in but they want you to do the whole physical experience and really feel like you're this giant robot leaning in so well, that's, that's what makes it fun yeah exactly so that's that's how that's uh how giant robot works um and before the battle begins you actually get to customize your robot you can pick the head the arms the legs the torso the feet you know all of that and the stuff you pick determines how your robot performs. You know, um, certain attributes will cancel out others. Certain will, certain ones will give you benefits. That sort of thing. So, so there's some strategy beyond just like leaning your body into it. Um, and that probably gives it a bit more depth because, quite frankly, it sounds like it could be quite the shallow experience. You know, uh, 
But it, but at the same time, it does look pretty fun. I mean, watching the videos when Miyamoto was showing it in Treehouse Live, it looks fun. It looks like ridiculous fun, but I don't see how this could be a full game. Nintendo Maybe says... Maybe if they incorporated something, how they made that little originator with Bill Trennan. Was that Bill Trennan in the robot? Yeah, thing? it was. Oh. That's still not making it a full game. Like I, They say it comes out first half of 2015, but with what? There's no way this is the entire game. So, unless it's an eShop title. If it's like a $20 eShop title, maybe. But, like, there has to be more to it. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure if there's not, there must be doing some sort of minigame collection again, right? Like a Nintendo Land or a Wii Party-esque bundle of games that this could vary. Or not Wii Party, Wii Play-esque bundle of games that this, like, they could just slot this into. Like, maybe a collection of robot games or something. Because it turns out the third Miyamoto project also involves robots. And that is Project Guard. Uh, and in Project Guard, your task was stopping a full-on robot invasion of your base. Because you see, for whatever reason, these robots need to get to the middle of your base, and you got to stop them as a security guard. So you get 12 cameras that shoot lasers. They can place anywhere around the map of the base. And you do this at the start of the game, and you have a map on the touchscreen. You just plop down the cameras. You can pivot them any which way, so you can look at specific corners or angles and try and get blind spots covered. And then when the game starts, the TV is showing all 12 of those maps in like a series, or all, sorry, all 12 of those cameras in like a series of squares. And then the um, gamepad is showing you a top-down view of the entire map. So between the two, you hypothetically could see every robot. The gamepad will show a lot of them as they march in, but the only way you can actually like find them in nooks and crannies is looking at the security cameras on the TV. And kind of taking a cue, it kind of takes a cue from uh, Game and Wario because you know they had a couple mini games where it's like, oh, you see one thing on the TV and one thing on the gamepad. Yeah, and the, all... the picture finding one. Yep, comes to mind and the taxi one. Yeah, and also like Game and Wario, Miyamoto and company at Nintendo are strongly encouraging that it's multiplayer. You can have friends watching the TV for you and shouting out, "Look at camera six! Look at camera six! And then when you do see the robot in the camera, then you shoot. It actually moves pretty quickly. When you like, it sounds like it'd be slow paced, but when you watch the footage, it's actually like, oh, there's a robot, there's another, there's another, there's another, go 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 go. But again, how is this a full game? Like, it sounds cool and it sounds fun, but this is definitely more of a mini game than a real actual game, you know. Hmm. So I'm thinking there. And, and what was my dream? Uh, just watch security cameras. To just watch security cameras all day, every day. But the weird thing is, like, so Project. Uh, Giant Robot, by the way, these names are so generic. Project Giant Robot is coming first half of 2015, and yet Project Guard is only scheduled for 2015 as a whole. So right now, at least publicly, Nintendo's treating them as separate projects, yet they both star robots, they're both basically mini-games, and they both seem like they would play well together in a collection. And to make it even more interesting, in Project Guard... There is a Star Fox logo in the corner of the base, like tucked away, like a little Easter egg. And Miyamoto apparently told press that he had the press that he has considered, and they are considering possibly rolling all these things together. So Project Guard, Project Giant Robot, Star Fox, they might all be mm. one game. These could be sub modes of Star Fox, which would make sense for Giant Robot because the control scheme is identical. Yeah, or not the control scheme, the perspectives, the first person, third person perspectives, identical. You know, you have first person on the gamepad, third person on TV. So, yeah. hypothetically... Would there more depth to these games? Because they, so far, they just look like something you would find in, like, Nintendo Land. Yeah, yeah, that's what I've been saying this whole time. Yeah, yeah. like, not quite super mini games, but yeah. Yeah, like, they seem like they they would be part of a bigger collection. But when their powers combined... 
then it's just a not real Star Fox with the name Star Fox. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know if it, I, I mean, I don't know if I want it as part of Star Fox. I obviously don't have a say in this, but uh, I do want them in a collection. I'd be more than happy to have, like, We Play Robot Edition or something. But I don't know if Star Fox is the way to go. Either way, um, Miyamoto is working on some stuff, and as promised, they all use the gamepad, and they all try and do unique things that are only possible on the gamepad. And yeah, you could argue the dual perspective thing for Star Fox and Giant Robot is definitely gamepad only. Um, but we, And we've seen stuff like Project Guard, so it's not like that one's a new innovation. But nonetheless, they are exactly what Iwata and Nintendo promised at their financial briefings, new Miyamo projects designed only on re- only to work on Wii U. So there you go, Nintendo fulfilled their goal. And I think overall, Nintendo fulfilled a lot of goals with this E3, at least on Wii U. Um, everyone was saying Nintendo needed more Wii U games. And then Nintendo delivered exactly that, a whole bunch of Wii U games. I mean, think about it. We now have the same number of games coming out this fall that we had coming out this past fall. In September, we have Hyrule Warriors. In, the, in October, we have Bayonetta 2. During the holiday, we have both Captain uh, Captain Toad and Smash Bros. Presume, so that's four games in four months, pretty much what they did last year. Uh, then in 2015, we actually have a ton of games. Like, you don't really think about it until you start rattling them off. But, I mean, let me think here. There's, uh, what, there's Kirby, Kirby and the Rainbow Curse. There's Mario Maker. There's Legend of Zelda. 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 <laughs> Zelda. <laughs> yeah, my parents' New York accent coming through me there. Legend of Zelda. Uh, what else is there? Xenoblade Chronicles X. Mario Party. Uh, Yoshi's Woolly World. Uh, Mario vs. Donkey Kong. Splatoon. All that's coming out next year. That's already more games than we got for Wii U all of this year. Oh, so man. it looks like they're actually finally stepping up and delivering Wii U games. Finally. I really hope we don't get another... Post Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze drought. I don't know how we would next year. I mean, think about it. So in November, well, well past, I mean, unless we get more delay, we weren't supposed to, but things just kind of happened. Yeah, but none of these games are that like. I mean, part of it was also due to Rayman. I mean, that was supposed to fill in that gap. Well, too. Rayman was the year before Donkey Kong, though. Wasn't it supposed to come out like in March or just? Continue? Rayman was supposed to come out in February, right after the Wii U. Donkey Kong was supposed to come out that November. Then Donkey Kong got delayed to the February a year after the Rayman February. That never happened. Uh, yeah, I could, it's easy to mix up, but yeah. Um, that's right. Yeah, but there's just like a lot next year. Like, even if they don't hit all their marks, the fact that they've just made games, plus they still have like Fire Emblem, Cross Shimagami Tensei, supposedly. Plus they have like other projects. I mean, they, and they're riding the momentum of Mario Kart right now. Like, that game's been everywhere. Thanks to Luigi Death Stare, it's literally been covered by Fox News, MTV. It's everywhere. Even the digital event just like made a reference, it. which was so great. Right? Yeah. And then, like, on top of that, Nintendo's just firing on all cylinders with Smash Bros. The Invitational was huge, huge numbers, apparently. I haven't seen the actual numbers, but everyone's been saying it got great views. My boss at work randomly watched it. Like, he's not even that big of a gamer. Uh, Conan O'Brien did a Clueless Gamer segment on Smash Bros. Smack in the middle of the hype of E3. That, like, you know, it, to have that game go to the go out to the masses like that this early to build hype, that's, that's pretty good. Um, plus, it was a really funny segment. If you haven't What's watched it... What's the second it, president of the United States? Uh, John Adams? Yeah. Yeah. No. See? I'm li- for those who have watched a bit, you understand that. For those who haven't, go watch it and you'll understand it. But, uh, point being, Nintendo's doing it. They're finally turning around the Wii U, at least a little. Will it keep, will they be able to keep the momentum going? I, I don't know, but they're certainly hitting all their marks now, and that's great. Unfortunately, it seems to be at the expense of the 3DS, which has kind of a light load this year. But we'll be talking about that on our next episode, which hits Sunday the 15th. Now, I mean, what did you think of the lineup? Were there any games that were, like, totally, like, out of field? You're like, oh, this is awesome, or anything you wish you saw that you didn't? Or do you just kind of go in with the was kind of just a surprise. Other yeah. than that, everything else was 
kind of expected. I mean, I, I think we've reached that point where it's just kind of like, when are they going to release the next blank? True. I think Canvas Curse sequel was a big surprise Oh, yeah. Rainbow, Actually, yeah. Rainbow, having Rainbow Curse was kind of like, what? what? Like, Kirby, yes. But I thought it'd be like, Return to Dreamland no, no, yeah, again yeah. or yeah, something. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, I guess it wouldn't have to be Rainbow Curse because that's one of those games where I always want a sequel, but I never expected yeah. to ever get one. And I think so, Mario Maker, excluding the fact that it was rumored, if they if we didn't know anything about Mario Maker and they just kind of dropped it on us, like, hey guys, remember Mario Paint where you can make a picture? What if you can make a whole Mario game? Like, that's kind of, yeah, yeah. that would have, like, been insane. Like, we already had spoiled, so we're kind of like, whatever. Yeah, but, but, but I think Splatoon, just for the newness and, like, yeah. the random thing that just, yeah, because I didn't expect them to give us something like that ever, so. Yeah, actually, the more I think about it, Nintendo did a really good job of balancing what we would expect with kind of, like, unexpected. In the sense that half, literally, if you split the lineup in half, half of it we could have predicted and half of it we probably couldn't have. Oh, yeah. Like, literally, like, 50-50. Which is, that's hard to do these days, especially when you have to lean on big franchises as much as every mm. company now does. So, yeah. yeah, I think it was a great showing for the Wii U. Um, I mean, every company this year, it was all games and it was all sequels across the board. Nintendo not excluded. But at least Nintendo did some interesting things with games and brought back franchises that we're used to in different ways and that sort of thing. So, yep. so yeah, I'm happy with the Wii U. Of course, we have so much more to talk about with E3, but we're already at our usual two-plus-hour marks. And so, as as we said top of the show, we're splitting E3. Um, our next episode will be up Sunday the 15th. That is only 48 hours from the time this one goes live. Although, for all I know, you're listening to this after you listen to that one. In which case, you're kind of doing it backwards, but hey... More power to you. Uh, so yeah, definitely keep an eye on the site on the fifteenth um, for that. We'll be tweeting it out. So you, and you can also subscribe to us on iTunes to get it that way. If you want to follow us on Twitter to make sure you don't miss the podcast or any of our other coverage coming up post E three, definitely do so at Ram Nintendo. Uh, you can also follow us individually for our thoughts on gaming or to retroactively go look at us freaking out about every game announcement with nonstop tweets. I'm JSR7, Jose is Wero, W-E-I-R-O, underscore O. And one last thing that I forgot to mention, go to the site. We have an extra all about the Smash Bros. Invitational. We kind of talked about it on and off throughout this podcast. So if you want the full impressions of what it was like, if you want to see pictures from inside from the crowd perspective, if you want to see Reggie storm the line and get swarmed, and get swarmed by like hundreds of fans, not even kidding, to treat him like the biggest celebrity in the world, myself included, I was part of the swarm. Uh, that's all there. The extra is called Inside Smash Bros. Invitational. It's at Roundtown.com. Go check it out. You can find our full thoughts in the event there. And, uh, hey, friend or follow us on Meverse while you're at it. I'm Jason R. Jose is Wero again. W-E-I-R-O underscore O. And, yeah, we will see you in two days for part two of our E3 coverage. Where we're going to have a whole lot. 3DS game analysis. Uh, inter- you know, big quotables from interviews and what they can mean about Nintendo going forward. Thoughts on the show as a whole and how Nintendo did overall. And how just the show was overall. And, most importantly, hands-on impressions of Super Smash Bros. for both Wii U and 3DS. So we see you guys on Sunday, or if you're listening to this after the fact, just click over to episode 73. It's It will be right next to this one. It's hard to miss. And until then, um, go bask in some E3 videos. It's, there's a lot of great footage out there. Bye.